0: Go again great to hear the uh, won't back down my old theme song from tfr this is don jeffries here with you you're listening to i protest uh, we come to you every friday at this time from just outside the swamp infested washington dc and tomorrow i'll be in uh pretty swampy new york city too as well <laughs> for the uh, free nyc event with uh, one of the one with a couple of our participants here today we're gonna have a panel discussion uh on the subject at hand 9-11 which is appropriate to discuss so we'll uh Talking about all that, we have some uh, great. We have Billy Ray Valentine, of course, <clears throat> and then we have uh, Adam from uh, Deborah Gets Red Pilled, but on the show. John Brisson, who uh, he's there, but I don't see him. I don't know, maybe uh, one of the invisible planes be- took him out or something. I don't know. And we have Sean Russell, too, who I uh, says he's not connected. And we're gonna have Chris Graves. Chris said he's looking for the link, Billy Ray. So
1: I sent it to him on Twitter.
0: Oh, okay, I'll tell him on Twitter. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so that's our so so uh, Billy. Wanted you want to you want to give uh, more sp- specifics about tomorrow's event first? Well, it's free. We're putting the free in free world uh, cool. NYC.
1: So come down. And I mean, there is absolutely no excuse at this point. And part of what I'll talk about tomorrow, and I'll talk briefly because everybody else is is going to be there giving presentations. You know Tony's already and uh, Tony's going to be in town here in in a couple of hours. Charlie Robinson, I think, is already here. Uh, Don will arrive tomorrow. Can't wait to see the men. You know what I mean? And that's going to be very cool. But um, part of what I'm, I want to talk about and I want to address it here with with uh, with everyone too. So keep this in mind: is that um everything you know nine eleven related? I remember when it was the biggest thing in the alt media, when when Alex Jones was all about it, he barely mentions 9-11 now. You know, or or Luke Radowski, you know, he'd be out there. He, he's over with Tim Pool. He has the biggest audience he's ever had. I mean, do something about 9-11, but everybody's forgotten this. I haven't seen Luke Radowski down, down in, in uh, Ground Zero for years, at least a decade, I think you know um cuz it's it's just not a thing anymore and i think people just gravitate towards um issues that are relevant according to them at the time or issues that that will get them more recognition and and 911 is unfortunately going the way of a JFK and 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 i am not particularly happy about it you know because we we are still in an area where where we can push back and, and actually get uh, hold some people accountable, you know, we we're still there because it's it's been twenty some odd years removed, you know, we, we can still do this, but time's running out on it, in my opinion. But if if we all get together, you know, and uh, as many people as possible on the day, and and show you know a, a unified front of resistance together, uh, we can we can eventually forge a path towards what could be the truth you know uh, an honest pursuit of the truth want to continue looking for that and that's what free world nyc is about it's also launching um free world.fm which is going to uh, launch this month you know so uh, go sign up to that if you can't make it to nyc but right now you know if you can if you're in the tri-state area come down there's no reason not to you know and if you can't come to the event for whatever reason show up on September 11th, in front of Ground Zero, and and do some activism. I'll probably be there in the evening hours, most likely. Um, but uh, you know, other people. I think Richard Gage is going to be out there during the day. I am not 100 sure. Uh, but but that's what it's all about. So uh, Don is gonna is gonna give a talk. Charlie Robinson, Wayne McCroy, uh, uh, Richard Gage, Tony Arterburn. You know, um, it's it's gonna be fun to say the least uh we get to meet each other you know we get to uh create uh alliances you know and 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 create relationships that that can you know uh hold us down in the future a little bit so that's that's what we want to try to do that's it Don. that's all i got
0: okay that's great well uh, we've seen we've lost somebody and i don't know hopefully chris will be on chris grace but we'll we'll we'll, uh, go with what we have here right now uh Adam from uh, Deborah Gets Red Pill. Great to have you on. So, you know, ask everybody. I mean, I just say for myself, um, and I'm writing a sub stack. I think I'm going to hold back and, and publish it uh, on 9-11 itself, maybe. But um, speaking for myself, I was uh, working the graveyard shift, as I did a lot back then. And uh, my wife called me, uh, which she didn't normally do. And woke me up, which she would never do that. And I and I knew, oh, you know, I just you instantly think something's happened to the kids, something with the kids. My kids were little, and uh, so I was really scared. And uh, and especially when she wouldn't, so she just said, "Turn on the TV." I said, "What's wrong?" I said, "Oh, nothing. It's just the end of the world." And I said, "What? What the mm-hmm. the was going on?" So I turned on TV, and then I, the first thing I see is Rudy Giuliani, who's the mayor then of New York, walking around, and you know, and it looks like sur- such a surrealistic scene because the dust is everywhere, and it's like. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? You know. And then, of course, you know, I quickly learned what had happened. I said, "What the hell?" Then, and it's the first time they showed, and they showed it repeatedly. The, uh, I guess it was the uh, North Tower collapsing, or was it the South? I don't know. What, what, the one that was they showed all the time, and it looked so Hollywoodish. Right. I mean, the way it came down, and all the people were running, and it was like a Godzilla movie. And I said, "This is, this is," and because I, I kept thinking in my head, okay, why? I'm no engineer. I'm a community college dropout. But, you know, why would a plane cause, you know, a, a, a the, what's one of the world's the largest skyscrapers in history, why would it cause it to to do that? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just, you know, that really it just made the whole thing explode down into its own imprint. And it looked so much like an implosion that you see when they're destroying buildings. So that was my first impression of it. It's like, you know, so it didn't take me, you know, the first time they saw that was it. I said, okay, well, I I didn't, I didn't believe the official story yet for one second. So uh, that was my story. And then, of course, I was watching it a lot and the, uh, you know, the plane crashing into the, and again, watching the plane going into the building. And uh, it just, I said, you know, I, I don't know what it's supposed to look like there, but it looked like it disintegrated. W- would that happen? I don't know. I'm thinking that I, you know, I, I was looking online, even then I was looking online again today at the, the plane that hit the Empire State Building in 1945. Yes, it was much smaller, but it still created very local damage. It only injured, I mean, only uh, damaged like some offices where it hit. And then, you know, some of the plane was sticking out and some of the plane, cr- you know, fell out and crashed onto the uh, the street below. So why didn't we see that here? I mean, I, I again, I know it's a different thing and it, it's a, it's a bigger jetliner and everything, but so those are the questions I had instantly. And of course I, you know, investigated a lot more after that, but I want to hear what the other people have to say. So Adam, uh, what are your impressions of this? What, what were you doing on nine 11? Nine
2: 11, 2001. I had, Oh, it's a real thrill to be here with uh, the AU uh, crew whenever I can get over here. So I'm really uh, happy to, to talk to you guys thanks sure. for having me but um yeah i had uh, just turned uh, 22 years old i was in my senior year my fourth and a half year starting the semester at uh, chico state university in northern california uh, i'd been out drinking the night before um <laughs> got oh uh, i had a, a friend crashing on my couch um and he came and and shook me awake at about 10 a.m and said there's been some 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 attack on uh On New York City, I I watched some footage on CNN, threw on some clothes, headed to campus for for what was probably an 11 or 12 o'clock class, and um, there's nobody there. There's one other guy. He was an older guy um, who was like a commuter student, and um, classes got canceled, and uh, I remember the guy said to me, this is going to be, this is uh, our generation's. Pearl Harbor, you know, and um went home and uh you know went to Walmart that day. They already had the uh the American flags rolled out. Oh yeah. And um, you know, got caught up in the uh in the patriotism of the moment and um didn't give the official narrative a second thought until probably 15, 16 years later. So now I'm at a point where I obviously uh question the official narrative. And, um, it's just hard to, uh, I'm still investigating and trying to figure out who makes the most compelling story, whether it's James Corbett or Scott Horton or, uh, Ryan Dawson or, uh, Grand Theft World, you know, uh, what's Grand Theft World guy, Richard, not Richard Gage, uh, Richard, uh, I forget his name. He, he makes the most compelling argument for me. Um, so yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think planes hit the Pentagon um, there's obviously some weird stuff about Shanksville and, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just always, um, willing to listen to people that know, know more than me. And I know, uh, everybody on the panel knows more than me, so I'll shut up now.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, John Brisson, good to see you again. What, what, what were you doing on nine 11? What were you as always, impression?
3: Don, uh, <laughs> I believe I was either, I think it was ninth grade. Yeah. So I was, um, I was in ninth grade. And I was in a hut at South Hume High School. Uh, and we really had no idea what was going on. And uh, all of a sudden they wheeled a television into the hut and turned it on to uh, the news, which I believe it was CNN we were watching at the time. And, and just as such, I saw the, uh, the, the second plane hit. And, yeah. then, um, um, and then we were panicking. We really didn't understand what was going on at the time. Um, and, uh, they canceled school for that day, uh, in, in the, the Cumberland County school systems. Cause where I live in, in, Fayetteville, um, you know, there's a lot of military, uh, because of Fort Bragg being in, in the, the vicinity. Right. And so, um, you know, we didn't go to school for a couple of days afterwards, um, because of that. And I, I remember, um, um, kind of being scared, uh, not understanding really what was going on. Um, And getting two points of view, one from my father, who was a conspiracy theorist, Hmm. uh, who was automatically saying things don't add up about this, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it yet. Right. Okay. And my (laughs) grandfather, who was a neoconservative, who very interestingly enough, I would take his politics Hmm. up instead of my father's, I guess, in some sort of rebellion, telling me that it was, you know, uh, you know, eventually after a few days, uh, Muslim hijackers that we have to go to war with. Uh, uh, you know, the, the middle East eventually. Right. You know? Right. And so, um, and so there's kind of like that conflicting, uh, side, uh, you know, between the two. Uh, and then later, you know, it wasn't until I've talked about this 2008, uh, after my dad had passed away 2004, uh, I was listening to Coast to Coast AM one, one night and, and um, Alex Jones was on with George Norrie mm-hmm. and he talked about how 9-11 was an inside job. Uh, so it wasn't till then to I you know, had ever considered. So I just saying, even though my dad would tell me, I mean, my dad was against the war in Afghanistan. My dad was against the war of Iraq. You know, he was telling me that was an inside job and I needed to pay attention. Right. You know, I, I wasn't listening to him and, and, and sadly um, and was listening to my grandfather in, instead. Uh, so I was ultra Zionist, you know, warmonger. We got to take it to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Muslims over in the Middle East. You know, yeah. and it's anything farther from the truth of how many people were involved in, in, in 9-11. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was a little bit younger. So I guess my take might be a little bit different. Uh, uh, you know, uh, than um a lot of people's, um, but you know it's just it's just interesting. I guess one last thing, because I was in a military town, they made this big push after nine eleven, and they 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 framed uh Fevel as an all American city. Okay, so when the you know United States you know rallied around patriotism it was very big around here. Like the indoctrination Mm -hmm. was very strong in where I lived, or if anybody questioned nine 11, where they're unpatriotic and they should leave the United States of America. Like my dad would get heckled sometimes, but even people he knew because of that, because of how strong the delusion was around here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, And so it's just quite interesting to see that now it seems like not as much. Now you can say stuff like that. And most people are like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can kind of see it. So,
0: yeah, well, that's it. Uh, Karen, uh, I did, Karen Carpenter talked about, uh, Sherry Tenpenny you did hear th- about her uh, having a stroke. So uh, I just sent her uh, a message today about that she appears to be doing better. So I certainly wish her all the best. Very courageous lady and wrote the foreword to Masking the Truth. And th- that didn't help her career any by doing that. Um, LB has a question. Billy Ray can answer this. Sorry if it has been asked. Will there be any live streams tomorrow or videos taking?
1: We are working on it. I have to. Well, there should be a video. Um taken uh but we are are certainly working on the live stream uh number six from the tmp podcast has graciously volunteered to help um i didn't even ask him he just said he would help because he's that type of dude um so we're gonna try to make it happen if there is a live stream it will be here and if um the live stream is not here we'll make an announcement here to tell you where it is (laughs) all <laughs> right. Okay, cool. So it's 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 a wild goose chase, but uh, it should be it should happen.
0: Cool. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Sean Russell. Sean, uh, welcome to the panel. And uh, what what were you doing on nine eleven?
4: Hey, Billy, and everyone. Uh, hopefully you can hear me. Okay. Sounds great. Some yes, connection yes. problems earlier, but uh, yes. I'm back in here. Oh well. Everyone remembers where they were on nine eleven, right? I mean, unless they weren't born, or if they were a very young child. Um. Me personally, I'm probably like a lot of people that we commiserate with and that um, I was a young adult. Um, I had just finished with school. I was living in my first apartment. And I'm actually on the very far west coast. I live in Alaska. And so right. that morning, basically everything had transpired by the time I woke up that day. But I remember being awoken by my neighbor in the next apartment who was like shouting at me through the window about how we had just been bombed and how we were going to war and I didn't even own a television or uh, I didn't have internet or anything at the time and so I I wasn't uh, wasn't following the media with what was going on but I would hear about it over the radio and like people started to talk about it and I remember it was uh, definitely something that I couldn't have imagined Uh, I was too young when terrorism first came to the United States in 1993, when the World Trade Center was first bombed by Ramzi Yosef and accomplices, and that didn't mean anything to me. It was only a couple of years later. I would have been just slightly older by the time when the Oklahoma City bombing happened. And so that would have been the thing that resonated with me as a youth. And it still didn't mean anything. I mean, it wasn't foreign terrorism. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything that Europe had been dealing with for decades. It wasn't anything like what the Middle East had been experiencing since basically, uh, you know, its formation after the World Wars. And it, it, 9-11 was alien. I didn't know what to make of it. And I didn't even have an opinion of it on the day a lot of people around me were like really whipped up into a frenzy though i remember everybody was becoming very patriotic Mm -hmm. folks were becoming almost like racist even like there, there was some really really strong attitudes floating around but personally it didn't mean anything to me and it was only a couple of years later when like basically i mean what we know today is like the truth movement like was starting to to make uh ripples and folks were starting to discuss about how the official story wasn't, wasn't right. Like, there's, there's problems. We, we, were, we were probably lied to. There's, there's manipulations going on. And the second Iraq war happens, and then it's like, oh, there's, now there's false pretext terrorism looped into this whole thing. So in the early 2000s, I don't know, three or four years later, it, that was when I started to actually think about 9-11. Because on the day, I didn't care. I was too young. I was too busy in my own ego, on my own self, and not caring about worldly matters. But after I started to hear the conversations that were getting around, I saw Michael Moore's film. Um, a yeah. little while later, I saw Zeitgeist. and like, so, like, Even stuff, even going mainstream, uh, the conspiracy aspect of it, and how uh, probably the Americans and the world were lied to about it, definitely reached me, and uh, it was in those early days probably at the height of the truth movement, 2008 or something like that, that I started to do my own investigating. And so I remember it like we all do. It's like a previous generation's JFK, right?
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's a generation's JFK, and uh, that's, uh, you know, my generation. Well, I was was very little, but I I barely remember JFK. It's one of my first memories, but uh, it's the same kind of thing. Everybody... Everybody except Richard Nixon, I think he, he had, he wasn't sure where he was on November 22nd, but most, the rest of the world did though. <laughs> Chris Graves, my, and, and you know, Chris, I was, uh, uh, you know, going over some material for my talk tomorrow. I'll, I'll just, I always speak off the cuff, but I, I was going over some things, a little notes, but, uh, a lot of the research you helped me on for what will be the American memory hole, hidden history three, lots of more really interesting tidbits where you go way down the rabbit hole for, uh, on 9 11 for the next book. But, um, so what, you know, what were you doing on 9 11 and then how, how long did it take you to doubt the official story? Uh, pretty soon,
5: I'd say pretty much off the bat. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to say, I'm not going to BS you and say that I had it all. I had it all on the first day or anything like that, but I was at King Philip high school sitting in a psychology class. When I heard a teacher run down the hallway and open, you know, bang on the door that of the classroom I was in and she came in and started uh, telling our teacher, you know, turn the turn the TV on. You know, this is important. You know, this is uh, history in the making. And we saw the second plane hit live and then we continued to watch throughout the day. Every time we go to a new class, it seemed like something something uh horrible would happen we like we were sitting there watching and listening to a, a witness that was inside the pentagon describe the explosion that rocked that building i think that was uh yep. ABC, abc news i think one of the court yeah. cor- correspondents and we watched the collapses i don't, i shouldn't say collapses we saw the destruction of the towers live um And I just remember on that day, all the people talking about, you know, all the first responders and the reporters Mm -hmm. talking about bombs going off, talking about how the explosions that were happening, uh, seemed to be a part of this attack. So originally before, you know, the official story would be cemented in the next 24 hours, um, the explosions and the, you know, controlled demolition aspect, hadn't been poo pooed yet, it was actually kind of embraced uh, by a lot of witnesses on the ground, thinking that this was a, a regular terrorist strategy in the past, you know, where they would have secondary devices in place to get more casualties of taking out for first responders. So it just seemed like this was standard operating procedure when it comes to terrorist incidents, it seemed like. And I remember paying very close attention because I had remembered that the Oklahoma City bombing had footage uh, in the hours after yeah. that happened, where they were talking about other devices found in, the, in that building, in the Murrah building. So having known about that a little bit, uh, about five, six years prior to this, uh, I was able to kind of keep a closer eye on what was going on in real time. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what happened, but... I kind of forgot about to control the other secondary explosions and the uh, possibility of bombs, uh, as the war on terror kind of got rolled out and rolled over everybody. I kind of forgot about the whole questioning, like, how the hell did they get at, you know, get so close to the Pentagon? You know, how, <laughs> what happened to these firefighters and people like Pat Dawson of NBC news and, uh, yes. these reporters like, uh, There was another one named Jack Kelly that he, you know, you look into how he was taken down, and I think he was taken down. He worked for USA Today. There's a lot of weird, shady stuff with his demise from the news business, and he was one of the people talking about how the FBI found suspicious devices and vans that were underneath the complex.
0: Yes, yes.
5: Not just him, but another guy got taken down, Rick Sanchez. Yes. For MSNBC talked about that he had a – Uh, NYPD source that said that they had found suspicious devices in vans as well. All those reports gone away. I was able to find some stuff from my good friend Don here for uh, a book coming up soon uh, where we actually, they have evidence of people on the ground planting things and being shot at by NYPD. Like as the second, uh, the second building comes down. Now, who were these people? And they had one guy who was carrying around a teddy bear that they thought was yes. filled with explosives, yeah. and that was that was in the North Tower, I believe, right yeah. as it it's coming down. A lot of weird stuff, and you know, stuff that people won't touch, you know, because I guess Bernard Carrick, you know, Mr. NYPD yeah. commissioner yeah. at the time let that, that suspect go so. Yeah. A lot of weird stuff going on. So to answer your question, now I was in Renton, Massachusetts, uh at King Philip High School um, that whole day. And when I came home later on that night, I did not get along with my father. And he knew I was about to become 18 years old. So he goes, "Oh, they're going to draft
0: your ass, boy." <laughs>
5: <laughs> and you know, instead of like, "Oh, yeah. come on, son," you know, yeah, like, yeah. "What's going on here?" For yeah. I just to take delight in that. It was yeah. kind of weird because it did kind of hit home because all that stuff kind of came, it kind of came uh, right out of Logan airport uh, in yeah. Boston. And I was wondering that day when we were going to see the, uh, you know, the CCTV footage of these guys passing right through the same, <laughs> same security mm-hmm. that I had been, I had been patted down uh, eight months prior because I had Metallica shirt on yeah. as it was going to Florida. <laughs> We never saw that footage. So that was my 9-11
0: experience. Well, that's the problem is that you, and that's and you later to become one of the a true hall of fame researcher, Chris Grace. And he certainly helped me out uh, so much, but a um, cat Goya on the screen says, she hopes she doesn't miss much. why is there a question about a show tomorrow? Well, cat, you should know that tomorrow is a free NYC event uh, where I'll be in New York. along with Billy Ray Valentine and uh, Tony and Richard Gage and uh, lots of other people. And, uh, we're just going to be talking about 9-11, and uh, so look for that on Eventbrite.com. Uh, you get information about that. So hopefully we'll be live streaming that, I think. But um, Chris brings up a point, and that's what uh, – the book that was going to be Hidden History 3 is not going to be the American Memory Hole. Uh, Skyros didn't like that title. They don't like Numbers in my titles for some well, they don't like
5: success, Don, because <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that's, I, I that's you think they'd uh, want to trade off by, by far my most successful book, but uh whatever reason they who am I to who am I to question them? But um so uh it's gonna have a lot a lot more stuff on many things, but the uh, 9-11 especially. And uh Chris is exactly right. They had uh there were reports, and again, these are these were reports from MSNBC, USA Today, local fox station. All talking about uh, that uh, authorities, the FBI, police were talking about. There was a truck, or you know, it, it, that had explosives in it that was at the foot base of the building, and they were talking about how as you said they also had police and FBI to, uh, people talk, telling local reporters Albert Turry,
5: Don Albert Turry, uh, one of the heads yeah. of uh, NYPD, who told Pat Dawson that he suspected that there were devices planted in the building, yeah, and also on the plane.
0: Yeah. And there, but you have all these reports of FBI and I mean, of uh, police and and firefighters saying they saw people running around planning building, uh, planning bombs. Now, especially the police saying it, my question would be, well, I I don't, why didn't you do anything about these people? You saw them doing it, but there's only one of only many questions to ask, but so much evidence of explosions, all the nine 11 commission report would just like the Warren report lie about everything. And they, their conclusion was there was no evidence of explosions in reality, there was at least over 150 firefighters alone that reported very detailed things about explosions and over 100 witnesses in the Pentagon that talked about 100 that explosion. So there were obvious indications of explosions. Flight 93, that mess is just beyond belief to look at that. I mean, you you look at uh, <laughs> you look at the story. This, there's this guy, Wall, uh, what's it, Wallace Miller, I think his Wally name is. Wally Miller, yeah, Waller, I tried to.
5: Tried to hook you up with him, but you yeah, won't yeah. talk
0: to anybody. No, no. After talking to Debbie, Debbie, D.B. Kidd, my friend, where he just yelled at her and got mad when she asked him, well, why didn't you file any?" He filed no reports on it at all. He was a he was a he was a coroner for Somerset County. He gave and I have all his statements in there. They're all contradictory. He, he talked about he couldn't find any blood anywhere. And like everybody else was saying, where's the plane? There's nothing there. There, there you know, there was no evidence that a plane crashed. And then later he came up with this ridiculous story where he was walking and he he caught a flash of uh, light from a tree. And he claims that he they went up and found a tooth from a victim in a tree where the silver filling was reflecting off it. And this eagle eyed Wallace Miller couldn't catch any other evidence found that. So the story is unbelievable. So needless to say, I I think it's, you know. Until COVID came along, I, I would say probably was the greatest PSYOP, uh, certainly in American history. But um, so
2: I don't that think tooth, a... that tooth was right next to the passport.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And just like Muhammad and Muhammad Adda, by the way, you know, this passport there. I have it all in the book there. There's a very detailed report of Muhammad Adda's father talking about that Muhammad Adah called him the day yep. after 9-11. That's and right. was saying he was in hiding and the Mossad was setting him up. So, I mean, you know, and there's almost no there's no follow up to these stories. How does that, because that obviously shatters the official story, especially when you couple it with his ridiculous passport, ending up intact on top of pulverized steel. So this was so powerful, it could, it could you know, obliterate steel, but it couldn't obliterate Muhammad Ali's passport. So, uh, at any rate, so, so Billy Ray, when did you, you know, you obviously, I think, you know, obviously a big skeptic about this, but I know this was one of your big issues too. You said, you know, uh so how, uh have have your views changed over the years? I know I know you're disenchanted with the alt media, with so much in the alt media. And it is, you're right. I mean, Alex Jones stopped talking about it, but again, I think that's because he threw he threw his all his weight behind Trump. And Trump's not going to talk about that. So they have to
1: it's a little more than that. Yeah. You know, um uh Trump did a lot, or or I should say the the alternative media did a lot or showed their face, right, by by siding with something as ridiculous as as the entire Cambridge Analytica op and i understand it's it's complicated mind control that i don't know how it begins or how it ends right so let me not say it's ridiculous but it looked ridiculous to me you know but i bought into very very ridiculous things many many times and and i was here i was i was in manhattan when it happened right so it's a very personal thing for me uh i worked in the towers i was i was one year removed from from the towers when they went down you know i, I had friends there you know um i when when uh, when the towers were hit i was in midtown manhattan i was in the met life building that's the building that gets blown up in every movie right i was there that's where i was working and i and you can see the towers from there you could see them and i walked to the corner and i saw them on fire and the smoke just coming i was like what the hell you know, and my my first thought while while I was at work was uh, which who would be the idiot to fly into these freaking freaking towers? Like, who does that? And then the second one hit and I was like, oh, we're under attack. Something's going on, right. Um, and, 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 you know, in retro, it's been a journey the whole. I mean, that's what's life. That's what life is about. That's why I don't feel bad about this. But it's, it's been a journey ever since. Like, I'll never be the same person I was. On September 10th, 2001, you know, on September 11th, I became a different person. And then on uh, on 2005, and I can't, I, I don't know exactly the date. I don't know if it was June or July, but that's when my life was changed again. When my cousin, whom my cousin was going to school across the street from the World Trade Center. And I went down there to get him on that day. I, I thought I was going to do something, right? I went down there to get him. Luckily, he didn't need me. Um, and I didn't make it, I, I couldn't make it all the way down to, to the towers, regardless. Um, he put me on and he said, everything you know about 9-11 is wrong. And, and I told them that was nonsense. <laughs>
6: mm-hmm.
1: You know, like we were there, like, uh, what are you talking about? And, and he sent me to InfoWars and he sent me to, mm-hmm. to David Ike. So th- those were my, my, uh, I, I don't know how to say it. Th- th- those were my influences, I guess, when it came to what I thought about and, and uh, David Icke is a little bit different than Alex Jones, but uh, Alex Jones would spoiled milk from the beginning, from the freaking beginning, you understand? And I know he gave a lot of uh, uh, relevant information to a lot of people sometimes or whatever, but it came from a place of deception in my view. It came from a place of that that wasn't genuine. And you can tell that it wasn't genuine because what's Alex Jones doing about 9-11 Truth now? What's he doing? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Where's Luke Radowski? What is he doing? Why is he not down in ground zero every year? Because it's not sexy enough. Right? Because it doesn't matter anymore in the eyes of the mainstream. It's not going to get people clicks. And that's when you start seeing what's up. What's going on? Why aren't these people doing what they're supposed to do? Because when I came into this, I was like, oh, my God we got to do something about this. Right. And I was down there giving out material, trying to, to, to make people see that something was up. And I'm glad I did all of that because it also changed my perspective on a lot of things. Cause I used to say, I know, I know this, I know that I don't know Jack. I didn't know a damn thing, right. you know, and it, it took some time for me to turn around and say, all right, I have a question about
6: this. Let's talk about,
1: it. you know, it, you know, and, and, and these experiences at ground zero, Years and years and years now, since 2005, have have changed me and and helped mold me, you know. Um. So uh. So yeah, like I I was there when it happened, man. So it, it's a very personal thing for me. Well, those towers more than anything in the world. I, I was always in awe of them, always since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and they're not there anymore. And the yeah. Freedom Tower is gorgeous, but it's nothing compared to the World Trade Center to the towers one and two. Nothing compared to it, you know. And and when I saw um, the, and I want to ask Sean about this. We, we spoke about this off the air and I want him to, because I, I spoke about this with, uh, with uh, Adam Fitzgerald. Uh, I don't know if it was on my show or it was on America Unplugged last year when we did uh, the round table and shouts to Adam, you know, and I spoke about what turned me. It was that BBC article hijackers alive and well. Right. And, and I went and read up on it and I was like, damn, this is a legit article. This is the real deal. That's what turned me around. That's what I was like. Okay. There's something to look at here. And then they posted a retraction. But to me, to this day, go read that retraction. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> wait, is, and then you go on FBI.gov, right? And you could still do this today. The identities of the hijackers are still in question. You know, Adam told me, he goes, no, those were them. Those, they got the identities right. Those were them. The conspiracy is that they let this happen, right? The conspiracy is that they train these people and let it happen. You know that that there was a muddying of the waters, and I know there was a muddying of the waters because I've 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 been in this forever. And Alex Jones uh, was instrumental in the uh, in the muddying of the waters of 9 11. You can even make an argument that loose change was instrumental in it, even though loose change was pivotal in what I was doing at the time. But you can make that argument that loose change was was uh, instrumental in in. Pointing us in another direction and making us think that we were actually investigating something when we weren't, you know, or at least not going down the right road. I'm interested in going down the right road because I know at the very least, at a bare minimum, I know I've been lied to. I've been lied to at a, at a bare minimum. Why have I been lied to for all these years? Why? Why are you lying to me about this event? Well, what's behind it? We can prove prior knowledge. We can prove that. We can prove it there there is no doubt about it in my mind that there was prior knowledge we can prove totally. it right since 19 since 1970s 1976 i think it was that the pentagon put out a whole freaking thing you understand um um uh, the, what was it um uh condoleezza rice was warning uh the, what is it? brown i forget his name uh, uh I, f- I forget the, the guy from oh, Willie well, really well, brown well, really well, brown Willie brown man and and that's yeah. the, that's also mainstream information so either yeah. the mainstream is is manipulating us which, you know, or, or, or what? What's the deal? What's going on? Whatever. We're being lied to about
0: the event. Well, that, that's what they, and that's what they, 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 they do. I'm sorry, Dom. Go ahead. No, no, they, and the, uh, and that's what I, what everything I cover, I mean, and Chris will tell you because he did so much research for me is, you know, you can m- find most of these things in mainstream media. They don't hide it, mm-hmm. it's out there. It's just that. <laughs> It gets reported once. No one seems to care or whatever. So they'll they'll tell, like uh, I put up on there, White Wolf talks about the BBC, the Jane Stanley thing. You mentioned the BBC about uh, the hijackers still being alive and the retraction. The BBC tried to ridicule the conspiracy theories, and it's not a conspiracy theory. You can see the woman reporting that Building 7 has collapsed when it's still standing. It's not a theory. The BBC pulled a NASA, said they lost the whole archive for that day. They lost their tapes. And then they came up with some ridiculous name. I forget what the name I never heard as a British term, you know, basically calling us uh, names for a report. So, I mean,
5: yeah.
0: I, I look at, I don't like the theories, you know, I don't know. So it's whether it's planes, holograms, all that stuff. I just know that the official story is impossible. I mean, you, you have here at the very least, you want a best case scenario. A best case scenario is that uh, our government let it happen. Yeah. Okay. That's the best case scenario. Okay, and and uh, whether that was because, they wanted it to happen or out of just sheer incompetence, uh, but, and they aren't competent, but the idea that with the trillions of dollars we spent on this military industrial complex over the years that we could sit there and they had uh, between an hour and an hour and a half from, they were first notified when they were first notified, the authorities were first notified that the, the plane had been hijacked. They knew that. Okay. So they know something's going on. And I, I point out many times when, when golfer Payne Stewart uh, the year before had uh, had been in a tragic accident with a bunch of people in the air where the accident was sucked out of the cabin or something. So everybody was killed on board instantly. And uh, so the plane was flying around like, you know, on autopilot. And uh, they sent fighter jets up like within 15 minutes to make sure that it didn't go into a populated area. That's for that. Something here much more serious, obviously. All these planes being hijacked, and they know the last one's headed for the heart of that defense establishment they spent trillions of dollars for. So at the very least, people should have asked for, even if you say, okay, well, you guys, you, you didn't want this to happen, you know, this is what, well, how come you couldn't stop it? Nobody asked that. Nobody asked once, well, how come, you know, the trillions we spent, you know, all the bragging you knew about it, why couldn't you do anything? You were able to go up when Payne Stewart's plane was there. And I, I, I quote in Hidden History, the officials saying how often they send fighter jets up. It's a regular thing. They did nothing on 9-11. So at the very least, people should say, wait a minute, especially because we know they had a drill going on that day, and they always do in these things. So, um, and I quote from the officials saying, because this, you know, this drill was going on that day, authorities were on, you know, even more high alert than it. So this was, they were at their best doing nothing. I don't know how you can do less than that. But, and again, and the most laughable thing of all, then they hit the, the Pentagon, there's so much uh, debate about what hit the Pentagon all those security cameras. And I—I I, in the new book, I'll have the, the interview that, I mean, not with me, but the guy did, uh, that talked about how, that explained how the cameras weren't working that day.
5: And there they were a, a, three of them are ringing the building. Yeah. Freedom of information request since 2004. And yeah. And the only ones they ever came out with was a sicko gas station, which doesn't show yeah. anything. Yeah. And the Doubletree Hotel right across the way, which, yeah. which it was claimed that, the staff of the Doubletree Hotel were horrified by what they watched. They watched the right. tape before the FBI came in within uh, 15 minutes and mm-hmm. confiscated it. So what did they see that w- we're not allowed to see? And I didn't mean to cut you off, Don. But-
0: no, exactly. And that's and that, so that's the uh, so that's why I, I just like on JFK. I'm as extreme as it gets here. I think this is a cue. And I, I don't think that I think there's too much here to be attributed to general incompetence. And I know there's a lot of incompetence. So there it's true that they can screw up a lot of things. But uh the and things like these anomalies where Muhammad Adda's father says he's talked to his son. Look okay, at the very least, that right there, if you're if you're you know portraying Muhammad Adda as the star of the show, he's the main. I mean, if anybody knows the name of any of these hijackers, it's Muhammad Adda. I mean, they're all made of Muhammad, pretty much. But you know, and and uh, and one thing that 9/11 did, it did do great. It was great for the flag industry, because you're right. I mean, there were there were people driving around my neighborhood with you know the entire pickup truck covered with flags, you know, and uh, and people looked at me suspiciously, you know. because I, you know, I'm not going to put a flag up, especially now when you guys are pulling this off. But uh, so, you know, with something like that, how do you not question that? How is it? And all the other anomalies were uh, the the reports that some of the hijackers are still alive and everything, the reports of how unqualified they were to fly these planes and how they've been laughed at at uh, flying school. So, if there's any reality to them, then people need to say, okay, well, how do they do this? So, I have a hard time, and I I don't know how they do this. And, And then, because it's just like with the JFK assassination as Mark Lane wrote in Rush to judgment because this crime was never investigated. It provides fertile ground for speculation. And boy, was he right. And so on right. JFK, you have all the, who did it? I don't know who did it. And you have, you have a huge, lots of people tell me, you know, what are you talking about? The JFK thing was a hoax. He wasn't killed. So people believe that the miles Mathis type. So at, at 9-11, you had the same thing. You have even more, the empty buildings. Was there anybody there you have? And I, if you look at like the, the 9-11 memorial photos, you'll, you'll definitely start to think so many of them are blurry. It'll make any sense. Like who, if your loved one died, why would you send the crappiest picture you could find to somebody? Uh, there that, were
1: people There were done. I, I know for a fact, right. That there were people there. And one of my friends oh, was sure. in the when when, uh, when, when, uh, when it was hit,
0: you well, know, I mean, I I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying I, I just say that, but people come up with those theories and, some of that stuff is based on things like the 9-11 memorial photos. If you look at that, my yeah. friend, uh, Dean Hartwell, who he just got burned out. I tried to get him back on that. He was the first one who started talking about that. He, he's not, I don't know what he's doing now, but he doesn't want to do any more 9-11 research. He got burned out on it. And I don't know if it's because of it, but he's, it's, it is what it is. It,
5: it tended to be the, uh the passenger photos, it seemed like not so much the people that died in the towers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like the questions about blurry photos and stuff came with a lot of uh, the, these passengers and, you know, yeah.
0: And there's so many,
5: there's so no, many, no. a lot of weird stuff like, and we're not saying it's a Sandy hook thing or anything like that, but there's yeah. a lot of weird stuff with memorial photos. Like Don was saying, like you couldn't come up with a more clearer picture. Uh, yeah. For,
3: but Don, yeah. but Don You're is, going, John. Right. Yeah. but Don is right though. I want to say though, uh, because of the the movie September Clues, uh, uh, right. That there are people mm-hmm. who say that no one died at all at 11 in yes. including yeah. those in the towers. Yeah. that would
1: be yeah. muddying the waters of it. Uh, of it, all. that's where it started, and I remember. Yes. It. The
0: same thing with people like s- at some point m- too. my old friend it's Jim people. Fetzer. He's done some good work, but Jim Fetzer's, you know, is yeah. is what he is, and uh, you know mm-hmm. he. Uh, he, he gets to there, Dr. Judy Wood and all the... I mean, I don't even pretend to understand all these things, but you'll have people just like in the JFK assassination, they'll, they'll really argue with you. Yeah. And I don't claim to know. All I know is that what they told you is bullshit. What they claimed happened, 19 crazed Arabs directed by the tallest Arab in the world, a former <laughs> CIA guy uh, from, a, from a, a bat cave somewhere... That, he, that somehow he had the technology from the Batcave to direct all this and fool all our vaunted trillion-dollar uh, military industrial complex. What they told you happened is absolute nonsense and and utterly in which, impossible. In which they announced
5: he died like five different times. Exactly. Six, six from the T.M.P. and I did right. a whole uh, Osama bin Laden death special like yeah, two months ago, and we went through all the evidence and all the announcements over the. You know, uh, one of the main ones was. December 16th, 2001, Fox News, CNN, all these mainstream sources said he was dead and gone in December of 2001.
0: So, what is that about? Exactly. Well, those are the questions we had to be asking. I don't mean to monopolize it too. So, uh, go ahead, Adam. We'll let everybody else talk. What are your thoughts?
2: Hey, guys, I got to head out. Um, I got a heart out. Mm -hmm. I got to go to family dinner tonight. Um, thanks oh, for having me. Closing I, words. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And, um, just, uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it if everybody, uh, checks out my show, Deborah gets red pilled. We're, uh, we're back with a new episode after taking the summer off. So Billy's hey, on, hi. uh, next week, Don's on the week after that. I'll talk to Chris and John and get them on soon too.
0: Well, be lo- right, thank you, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Later, buddy. You right, day, guys. Bye. Uh, jo- John, go ahead. John Bresson, what are your thoughts? You're muted, John. John, you
5: that's, must a be big,
3: a, that's the biggest thing yeah. that I think uh, causes issues with most of these events is, you know, uh, in the modern truth, truth or world, uh, and me and Billy talk about this often, is there's a hard line between the kind of the conventional narrative that everything is on the up and up of what is described in the media yeah. and it's all completely a fake and, ho- and hoax and nothing ever happens right. okay where the truth is probably somewhere in the middle that some things are scripted and some things do go live and hot that they don't account for account for because they're not omniscient okay and some things they do control and want to happen right and there's probably some percentage for each event that we'll never know exactly what that percentage is of those things right but i think when the modern uh, kind of injections of subjective thinking in modern-day truthism is it used to be people trying to get down to the facts of certain events, right, of who was involved, like who, what, where, why, and how, right, you know, uh, of, of investigation, of, of almost what they call um, deductive reasoning, right, and that's gone now. That's been replaced by it's all fake. Let's prove why everything is fake, And that becomes a problem because then you know the elite, which I think are the main people that are propagating this, even though there's well-meaning people that believe everything is fake, right? Because that's the 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 world that we live in. Um, That um, you know now they can pretty much get along, get away with anything because it's all fake now you know and so that ends up right, being a problem in of, of itself and look i'm not saying that there are shenanigans that go on that the world elite perpetrate i'm not saying that at all but the thing is is it went from trying to investigate things to oh it's all fake don't worry about it it's just fake Uh, You know, and and so you saw that with 9-11 with September Clues and Simon Shack. And if you you kind of investigate Simon Shack, his father was a a world famous Formula One driver and also may have been a Freemason. Okay, so in of themselves, that's kind of weird, too, Uh you know. And so, I mean, it's and you mentioned James Fetzer uh, Don, who I myself yeah. used to look up and admire greatly. Uh, it yeah. was even on his show for one episode at one time. Uh, you know, now with Fetzer, you know, also pulling the narrative that everything is, is fake yes. mostly to as well too. So what happened to find journalism and in, in investigating, uh, right. you know, that's thrown out the window sadly. And that's the, yeah. the world that we live in now. And, and,
0: you, and, you're right. and that's why, you know, I, I, I find it fascinating. Really? Like, Miles Mathis is the foremost proponent of this on the internet. And he, notably, years ago, he said I was, didn't exist either. You and, and Dave uh, McGowan. He, me and Dave McGowan. He, I was honored to be coupled with, uh, paired with Dave McGowan. But he said neither one of us were, were both ghosts. We didn't exist. Dave was still alive then. So I, uh, I emailed him to assure him that I was alive. He didn't even answer. And uh, he's never retracted or anything. And I've tried to get him on the show. But he's, he is, uh, like a lot of these people in the alt media, I mean, nobody knows who the hell Miles Mathis is outside of a very small niche of people. But this guy thinks he's Cary Grant. I mean, he's, he, he's like, oh, I don't do interviews. Like, who, who else is asking you to do an interview with somebody like me? Really? I mean, I, I, I find it because I, I want him to tell me, OK, why, why don't you think JFK was assassinated? Why don't you think that uh, Sharon Tate and all the others were not killed? Why do you, he thinks, he thinks everybody's a Jew and that's what gets the thing. Yeah. There's wildly disproportionate number of uh, Jews in high positions. Yes. That's, that should be, somebody should try to at least be able to mention it, but you don't go from there to telling obvious Italian people are Jews and all this stuff. He's, I, I'm surprised I haven't read somewhere that I'm a Jew. If I get big enough, I probably will. But, uh, so it's, it, it what it does is it discredits everything else, but, uh, People, when you look at things like Sandy Hook and Boston bombing, things like that, and you look at it, it's easy to suspect that. But I I, I don't think you ever say it, you, not because you don't want to be going trial for it like Alex Jones, because it shouldn't be illegal. But every, if you read what I write, I don't draw conclusions. Some people don't like that because I don't know. I'm just putting the data out there for you. And I'm telling you you're being lied to.
3: And That's also something you do that they don't like that I admire or something I do, too, is you're not a, like always spouting out solutions. You're no. saying, this is what I know. This is the facts. This is it. And people hate that, Don. They despise people for
0: that. No, just tell the truth. That's the only conclusion I can do is that we should demand truth. We should demand better because I we don't, I don't know. We're not in position to know these things. You know they don't. They didn't invite us. If there are conspiracy meetings, we didn't get invited to them. So no, we
3: don't no, we'll never know the full <laughs> truth of anything. No, you know? we won't.
0: but I'm going to give Sean a chance. Sean, I'm sorry, Sean. you go ahead. We didn't mean to ignore you.
4: Oh, it's it's, it's fine, Don. Um, well, you know, I wanted to interject and uh, sort of play a little bit of counterpoint. Um, and if if you'll permit me uh, to speak at length here, I mm-hmm. think we can we can uh, grapple with some of these uh, topics. Um, a lot of the, uh, I guess the, the prevalent 9-11 topics have been brought up in this discussion. And I, I sort of wanted to piggyback off of what Billy had brought up or alluded to. So, Billy, you were sort of, you were sort of playing around or you were, you were coming within the periphery of like media deception or, or public deception. And that's something that I actually took some time away from just looking at, I don't know, World Trade Center or, uh, you know, Al-Qaeda or, you know, different things that are like very, very directly 9-11 related. A few years ago, I was starting to get a hunch like, okay, we the public are being manipulated. I mean, hey, we all pretty much agree there, right? We're being manipulated. And so I wanted to understand or at least start to have a, a a sort of a a theory a hypothesis about how do they do it we're we're damn certain right we know they're trying to fuck with us so i was like all right how do they do it and because we've talked about uh the suspicious airplanes um the uh credibility of witnesses or uh the uh, verification of victims, like all this stuff, these are very these are old 9/11 discussion points, and something that clicked with me was well, when we talk about these things, we become kind of bewildered. We don't we don't know what to trust. It's almost like we we can't we can't be certain about anything, and that in itself, it's like that's an action. that That's like. That's how they do it. I think the same thing happened with JFK and a lot of many other topics that are very controversial. We get paralyzed because we're just not sure about anything. And we're, we're locked into this circular, uh, never-ending, sort of um, like weak debate, but discussion with ourselves about how we think everything is suspicious and we just can't settle on the facts. However, to sort of um, play devil's advocate and be something of a heretic, I want to provide an, an alternative outlook on some of these classic 9-11 theories, because as again, Billy had mentioned, uh, something that was really, um, I guess it was turning the page for you, Billy, was uh, the hijacker discussion. Right. Right. I think the hijackers is a topic in 9-11 that is sorely overlooked. And, uh, I mean, Don, you br- you raised a great point about Muhammad Atta's father. That's relevant. I mean, I think that's yeah. really relevant. That's that's so
5: weird, right? Yeah. Why did he well, say Muhammad that? Muhammad Atta's fiance, too, that got forgotten.
4: Uh, right. How come he didn't marry the girl that he was supposed to get set up with? Um. And, and like other uh, interesting hijackers, Muhammad Atta had a pretty good life set out for him. He's from a well-off family. His father is like a lawyer or something. And he yes. had sisters that were going to be doctors. And it's like th- he was going to be an engineer. And he was going to be a city planner. And uh, things were looking fine. And that's very much like some of the other uh, 9-11 uh, terrorist figures like Ziad Jarrah, who doesn't ever get brought up. I'm gonna circle back around to that. The classic 9-11 discussion seems to float around airplanes and buildings. And I'm certain, and I think we can probably agree to a a reasonable extent, that we're not only looking at pretext terrorism. I mean, we're not, uh, I should say, we're not only looking at an intelligence operation It's a psychological operation. They always go hand in hand. And everybody is gripped with the horrendous uh, image of what what 9-11 looked like on their TV screen, Uh, you know, like you see see the the terrible, uh, catastrophic uh, fallout from it. It's awful and it's gripping. It's psychologically gripping we are really, really attracted to watching those buildings fall over and over and over again. (laughs) We're just, we're we're so sucked into it. That's a psychological effect. And part of it is an over-focus on buildings and a great suspicion, a great deal of suspicion about airplanes. Now, I spent some time trying to figure out Okay, how do they do that to you? How do they make you uh, miss something? What do they do to divert your attention? What do they do to mislead you? What do they do to set you on the wrong path? And I think we've been set on the wrong path. And I think it happened very early. The old theory is about how no plane could have hit the Pentagon because the hole was the wrong size. That comes from Thierry Maison. He cranked his book out in like 60 days or something. French author Thierry Maison showed you the wrong hole. He had it out in front of you by like October. And by early 2002, it was already getting amplified. And the likes of Alex Jones, who was brought up earlier, definitely put the megaphone to that one. It's the wrong hole. Like let's just get that out of the way. The hole that they showed you is not the impact hole, and it's it goes along with a bunch of other talking points that are like inaccurate, like the rings of the Pentagon, which don't exist on the first two floors of the building. They're only on the top three floors of the building. Well, the wait, wait, well, when, when
0: wait, wait. When you when you say the wrong hole, what so what hole are the? I mean, because as far as I know, there's only one hole. What what hole were they showing? If that well, was the, showing the, the, the actual... classic
4: the classic image is the sixteen foot hole. And it's like I think it's a it's a well there's two of them one of them is a section of the second floor and one of them is the uh, uh, interior of the building which is actually an exit hole but they're both being misrepresented as a
6: punch an impact out hole, site right the punch, the punch
4: out. out hole correct they're both being misrepresented anyway what, what they're not showing you is what we can't see very well unfortunately there isn't a good photograph of it but the actual impact hole is like 120 feet or something. It's, it's, it's a plane. Um, and that is, is acting as a attention grabber, but it's built on faulty premises and it's like the OG theory. What it does, and I'll, I'll get through each of these points in, in turn, if you'll permit me. What it does is it makes it so you don't talk about the airport, you don't talk about the hijacking team, you don't talk about other things which are bigger and more important, ultimately, in understanding how the operation really happens. It's not a missile. Nobody saw a missile. It's not a flyover. It's not any of these things. The plane crashed.
0: But but the, but, but the and I, 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 I'm going to let you talk. But what what when you're saying that, regardless if you, we saw in the wrong hole or whatever, uh, there's no debris out there, and we we've got lots of Jamie uh, McEnt- was Jamie McIntyre, that originally I tried to get a hold of that guy. He talked about originally for CNN or whatever uh, that there's no debris. We don't know where the plane went. So how, whatever size the hole was, there should if there's, we're not seeing a plane inside the building. There's no, So where where did the pl- where did the wings go, especially? And, and
1: to that point, Don. Even though I, I resonate with a lot of what Sean is saying, I think you're doing an incredible job at actually leveling the playing field here and 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 putting things into perspective because a lot of the a lot of the. Uh, the way these psychological operations work are through diversion. And I think that's what happened to the 9-11 truth movement for a long time now. Um, But to Don's point, this is very easily solved, right? This is like we're asking questions. Just answer the freaking question. Where is the video of the plane hitting that? Where is it? Show it to me. I know you have the video, right? They confiscated the video from from uh, Sitco Doubletree Motel. Right. Yes, both. they did that, and 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 I don't buy that there were no cameras working. So yeah. if you want to buy that, fine, whatever. They at least confiscated the other one. That's the best video you got. What you showed us? Show yeah. me the freaking video, <laughs> right? That's you're fine. you're on
4: the you're on the trail, Billy, and, and so I'm actually getting there. Uh, Well, there is debris. Most of it's in the building. The plane was obliterated. Most of the passengers were obliterated. They did find a body. It was an incomplete body. It was like a half of a body, and it was a woman. We don't know the name, but there was a body. Most of the passengers were DNA identified, with the exception of, I believe, a small child. Um, They were obliterated, but they were there. It, it, It was a plane crash. What it is, is it's avoiding one of the main points that is news today. So here we are talking about 9-11. We're coming up on the anniversary. That's why I wanted to to hit these points sequentially. And uh, again, if you'll permit me, I'll work through these points. Some of the most groundbreaking revelations has been that, look, there's no more denying it. CIA had their fingers in this. And they can't run away from that anymore. Because now people from their own offices, people from FBI, people who were involved with the commission, they're coming out. And they're saying, look, there was deception. Uh, we know that the CIA and the Saudi GID were illegally running a joint covert operation. They're not supposed to be doing this in the United States involving Midar and Hazmi, two of the hijackers who were, Osama bin, incidentally, Osama bin Laden's hand picked Al Qaeda veterans. They'd fought in the Balkans. They were like known terrorists, red flagged terrorists, never should have gotten into the country. They got in on, on uh, you know visas, and FBI wasn't notified. Well, these are two of the guys that helped seize the plane that hit the Pentagon, Flight 77. They got the fingerprints of the intelligence agencies all over them. They've basically been proven as handled assets. But you don't ever talk about them, because a meme of no plane hit the Pentagon, because it's the wrong hole, a meme... And another meme that goes along with it, Hani Hanjur couldn't fly. Now, I can speak quickly on that. Hanjur trained the longest out of any of the official hijackers. It was almost four years. He could fly. He wasn't very good at it, but you didn't have to be. That's why he missed on his first approach. He had to circle back around. He had to try again. He wasn't very good at it. He had emotional problems, and he spoke poor English. But he could have accomplished it. The evidence for this, the proof for this, is... Look, you just have to look at the SeaTac hijacker. Now, this happened years later, but the young man who hijacked a disgruntled uh, airport employee took control of a plane at SeaTac airport, flew it around in a joyride. He did barrel rolls and then eventually crashed it. Um, His name was uh, Richard Russell, I believe. And he did that with no flight training at all. He was completely untrained, never mind four years of training. He'd never flown a plane before. He learned from video games. And you just have to look at the advertisement for how uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2000 was advertising that they were a good enough flight simulator to supplement formal training. Look, these guys probably practiced on the computer and they didn't have to be very good because the autopilot takes care of a lot of it. But let's set that aside. Your no plane at the Pentagon means you don't ever talk about Midar and Hosmi, And that's where you can prove a direct link. To, to, to the to the inside job, with air quotes, to the inside job. So the debris was recovered. I can show you plenty of debris, guys. The debris's there. Most of it's in the building and destroyed, but it's all over the lawn. And if you're starting to, to deviate into the direction of it had to have been manipulated or hoaxed, well, now you've got to get thousands of people in on it. And that just doesn't make good logistical sense. It's way easier if you're a spook and you're trying to do this thing Just let the bad guy do what he's going to do, because you already know what he's going to do, because he's your handled asset, and you allow him to do it. That's the Pentagon. Shanksville was also brought up. Now, the the issue with that is where's where's the plane?
3: Can I ask you a question real quick, if you don't mind? Yeah, please. Um, I would assume that you're aware of Daniel Hopsicker's book, Welcome to Terrorland?
4: I haven't read it, but I'm aware of Hopsicker, and apparently he just passed away, He Rest did, he did yes.
3: yes. He did, yes. He was an excellent yes. researcher. Um, God bless,
1: man. That, I was not aware of that, and I never got to talk to the guy. I know you did, John. Damn, that sucks. God bless.
3: Um, yeah, I definitely would recommend you read it whenever you get a chance, because his research into uh, Muhammad Atta and the 9-11 hijackers uh, might be a missing piece that you're unaware of. Uh, so I think it might be beneficial for you to read his book, um, and I think you might gain some uh, good information as far as research is, is concerned about them uh, that you may be missing um, because he did do a lot of grunt work in uh, what you're discussing as far as investigating the United States Central Intelligence Agency's role uh, in 9-11, among many other you know, intelligence agencies, like I believe the Israeli Mossad, Uh, was involved in uh, 9-11 and and probably so was, um, you know, British and Australian intelligence services, uh, too, as well. And then, you know, a lot of people also talk about uh, Pakistani ISI uh, and you have Kroll as well, too. uh, uh, You know, which, you know, we're we're talking more into private security uh, contracting at that point. And later the birth of uh, CMP, our Prince's Blackwater, uh, which is now Academy, you know, because of the war on terror. Uh, but um, but I I think it's something you might want to definitely want to read, that's for sure. Yeah, Hopsicker
5: no. also goes into the uh, the Angel is Next debacle with uh, Air Force One. He also goes into a possible aborted assassination attempt on Bush. Uh, where they claim that there was
4: a pool pool Chris is stealing my thunder over there. All right, I'm (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, correct. Um, There's a lot of spooky connections in Florida, right? Um, Basically, you're looking at echoes of Iran-Contra. You're looking at possibly a second Muhammad Atta. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that are definitely worth considering from Hobsicker. I haven't read his book, but I intend to.
0: Well, well, Sean, you can see there I've been putting the comments on the screen and I, I, again, I just I have to just I've seen lots of pictures. My late friend Jack White, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was uh, one of the first to really, he was a photographic expert. He was from JFK Field. He had a website back at the time. He analyzed the Pentagon photos, he analyzed the 9/11 photos. And I don't know what you're seeing there is that you see John Blasco. There should have been luggage, there should have been stuff everywhere. And you had at least one mainstream reporter, Jamie McIntyre, CNN, who's reporting that he's mystified looking at it because there's no debris anywhere. And that's the kind of thing you saw in Shanksville. And I don't know what you're going to say about Shanksville, Pennsylvania, but uh, there are tons. Yeah, okay, because I mean, there's. There's so much. I would. I mean, virtually everybody that was there, and I yeah, can see it, Indian Lake. Right Indian Lake. Like,
5: like Don, when it comes to Flight 93. Yeah, I,
0: I, mean,
3: I, I got to go eat yeah. dinner. God, God bless you guys tomorrow, Don. I'll be looking forward to listening to your um, speech tomorrow, Free World, uh, NYC. thank you, uh, you, know, you, uh, thank you for having up. me on. Thanks,
1: John. You can, you can come up with a better excuse, then you gotta eat dinner. You, know, you could say something. I else. do. I do have <laughs> to go bring my wife dinner. She
3: is working late. It's not an excuse. A, a tree okay.
1: Fell in my backyard, I gotta go take care of it. I, I don't know <laughs> I gotta go. You gotta dinner. eat dinner. I have a family. It's really lame. Very weak. Yeah. so, so
4: there is there is an abundance of debris. It's and the the flight data recorder tracks the radar reports track uh, basically. Uh, there's an abundance of evidence for a plane and really speculative lack of evidence for the absence. Of well, what the Well,
0: Bill, well Plus, point? Why, why don't they have? Why don't? It, it, why don't they just shut us up then? Show I'm the getting to that too, Don. Show I'm getting to the that
4: way. too. <laughs> if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll allow me, I'm getting okay. to all of this. Uh, well, the, the short answer, Don, is it keeps you in a state of confusion. Look, it's well, not in, it's not in the <laughs> yeah. CIA's best yeah. interest to release yeah. video. Hey, if they've got video that proves it's a plane, well now you can move on to talking about hijackers and you're actually going to break out of that funk which has kept us in a funk for 20 years. We're still mystified about about airplanes being suspicious. And we're not talking about Khalid al and Nawaf al-Hazmi. We're not talking about the other hijackers who are even more interesting than them, even more interesting than Muhammad Atta, despite what his father said. So, the debris is there. Uh, I, I mean, I've got pictures of it. It, it matches. The, the flight data, the radar, it all matches. Uh, Wayne Costi did a five-hour presentation analyzing the evidence at the Pentagon, which was narrated by David Chandler, and you can watch it on uh, David Chandler's YouTube channel. Uh, it's the analyzing the evidence at the Pentagon. The fascinating thing about that, just tangentially here, the fascinating thing about that is Wayne actually went into that project thinking that he was going to prove how there wasn't a plane at the Pentagon. And as he assembled the evidence, he realized it was. So something to consider there. Uh, I highly recommend everyone watch that. It's on David Chandler's YouTube. Well, the thing about Flight 93, that's the meme of it that where's the plane? And it's because it just looks like a a mangled, burnt spot in the ground, right? It doesn't look like a plane crash. It doesn't look like a traditional plane crash. None of these do. What in history can you compare 9-11 to? There isn't really. So there is no precedent. For for what you would compare these plane crashes? No, to but you
0: you like. still have people that have seen the same thing at, at Pennsylvania, where people. I mean, again, and I have got if you I don't know what you're going to say about that, but I've got uh, you know there are, very are very eyew- thoroughly the documented eyew- <laughs>
5: eyewitnesses that did claim they saw and heard some kind of a missile going on.
4: Yeah, one of the early reports is the shoot down report. Uh, I couldn't prove it. Now, people again, hey, there's witnesses, right? Somebody says it. Who knows, right? is it likely that there's one person lying or is it likely that there's thousands of people at the Pentagon lying? You know what I mean? There's like 8,000 people at the Pentagon site. Are they all lying? So, well, just to your, just to your point, Dave McGowan
5: on his website center for a new, for an informed America, he goes through the Pentagon witnesses and they all really have some curious backgrounds just for anyone out there that is interested in looking into the backgrounds of some of these, these uh, Pentagon witnesses that were there.
4: That's also like, by the way you need to watch the full clip of Jamie McIntyre not just the sampled snippet that gets around the look, cruise at the full, with wings look at the dinner. whole thing about what Jamie McIntyre said about how he didn't see a plane really it's because there isn't a plane like a traditional plane crash it's in the building right. it's been obliterated there is debris some of the debris very obviously just on visual very obviously matches the plane Yeah you but some see, of the firefighters you can See the letters
5: some of the can firefighters can the claim that the nose cone was intact and that if you look, that's punching through all those uh, concrete walls and everything. That's very odd, too. I wish they had released those official uh, FEMA photographs of that. Most likely it's
4: the engines that are doing the punching through because those are actually, like, at least one of them is found, like, mostly intact. The engines are still composed of multiple parts. But right. So ultimately what this comes down to is, hey, look, how are the spooks really going to do it? Are they going to make it so complicated or are they just going to let the plane crash? That's the way more easy. Well, I,
0: I I said early on that I what I it made no sense to me that there would be a, why they would have a missile instead of a plane. That makes no sense. But all I can do is look at. I mean, you're you're saying something entirely different than everything I've seen. Like I said, Jack White had a website. There, there were lots of photos from the Pentagon that didn't show any debris, and and what most people talked about is that. However, you look at it, that a plane like that, it, you, either it would have had an impact point where you saw the impact point of the wings or the wings would have been sheared off. Where the light poles, and, too, before it even yeah. got to the building. And you don't Strong see it. Strong wind
4: can knock those poles down. Um, so what is, what's what's yeah. really more important than the light poles is the tree. Take a look at the tree that gets sheared off. So that's why you got to watch Wayne Coste's presentation. Um, yes, the debris is there. It even has the lettering from the side of the plane. It's very obviously the plane. But, hey, if there's a missile, then what is Dick Cheney refusing to shoot down?
3: Well, if it's assume, a missile,
4: what is, the shoot, what, is the, what is the failure to shoot down thing? Well, you what would does Norman assume, Mineta's comment mean? You would
0: assume Dick Cheney and everybody else were, were involved in this and knew about it. and They weren't going to mm-hmm. shoot down anything because they wanted it to happen. That would be my suspicion. I think yeah. the, the, the plane planes.
4: is 10 miles out. The plane is five. You know, right. So that means nothing if it's
1: a missile. I think that's a really good point. Not only that, it's, it's used that, that entire narrative of, uh, of, of Cheney doing the countdown and saying, no, we're not, did you get, or, were orders different or whatever? That entire narrative is used by the 9 11 truth movement at the same time uh, that uh, the Pentagon missile uh, is, is used by the 9 11 truth movement. They and, don't fit and, together. Right. And they counteract each. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't fit. They're not uh, even pieces of the puzzle. That's a really good point. Well, That's Sean, Sean I, I
0: I understand what you're saying about – and I have, I'm i certainly not uh, averse to thinking that CIA or anybody, any part of our government would not lie and try to confuse us and try to divert us into wrong things. But I, again, I just – I don't know what – I'd have to see what you're talking about because –
3: Oh, yeah. every picture um, I've seen you're, you're
4: familiar with David Chandler watch on David Chandler's YouTube channel watch Wayne Costi's Pentagon presentation it's very long but it covers a lot of information and like I said Wayne thought he was proving it wasn't a plane and by the time he assembled all the information he realized he was wrong it's pretty important but that's really the that's like surface level I'm trying to get into the depths here guys okay. uh, with the with the Shanksville plane okay so it, it looks like there's no plane Well, consider that we can't compare 9-11 to very many events in history. There's nothing else like it. I mean, you can't look at another plane crash that you can say, look, it doesn't resemble the other plane crash, right? You have to come up with something that you can compare it to. Because what what was the 9-11 before 9-11? It's Pan Am 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland. Except that plane crash looks nothing like the Shanksville plane crash. And the reason was it blew up in the air. Because the Lockerbie bomb blew up Pan Am Flight 103 in the air over Lockerbie, Scotland, it falls in like chunks. You can, you've seen the pictures, I'm sure. Uh, large chunks of plane, it's very obviously a plane because it blows up in the air and then falls. Well, what you have with uh, the Shanksville site is something that doesn't look anything like that. And so I would put it to you, something that very few people have ever considered is PSA 1771. Back in 1986, I want to say it was, it was in the 80s. Another disgruntled airplane, another airport employee did a uh, murder suicide by hijacking a plane and crashing it deliberately. He'd gotten fired that day or something and he was going to he was going to take out his rage. And he crashed PSA 1771 at almost the speed of sound into the ground, comparable speed, mind you, to how fast, apparently, uh, Flight 93 jackknifed into the ground at Shanksville. And the plane was obliterated. There wasn't anything left of the plane. So the plane could crash into the ground and be obliterated. And the interesting thing about uh, Flight 93 is that's actually the plane that the most recovered debris from Twin Towers, pff, Flight 70, uh, Flight 175 and Flight 11, they're like, they're done. They're gone. They're uh, missed. Uh, the Pentagon plane, there's wreckage, some. Uh, Flight 93, actually, most of the wreckage is there in tiny, tiny bits. It filled something like four large containers. Uh, again, DNA matched. And uh, if it jackknifed into the ground at very high speed, that's what would happen to it because if you're gonna compare it to a historical precedent, it's PSA 1771, the same thing happened. However, this is another instance of how we're not talking about the hijackers. The meme about Flight 93 is it had to have been a shootdown. it couldn't have been a passenger revolt, right? I'm- I'm speaking truth movement language here, right, guys? Correct Let me if I'm uh, wrong. At,
2: look
5: at Edward Felt. He made the 911 call from the bathroom saying that we're going down. We were hit by
0: something. I see smoke and I can't breathe. True. Yeah. So, and so I understand what you're saying. That you, but you, when you say you, that we're taking attention off the hijacker, so you say, why Correct. do you think, if it, okay, well, if the hijackers. Well, I'm getting
4: to that. I'll tell you why.
0: Because. Okay, well,
4: can, can anyone in this room tell me something interesting about the official hijacker pilot of Flight 93?
1: Hold on for a second, buddy. Um, Adam Fitzgerald is here. Just wanted to introduce him real quick. Uh, he, uh, he was on our panel for uh, America Unplugged 9-11 round table. And I, I really don't think I know, with the exception of Chris Graves, Chris is pretty good, man. I, I think Adam and Chris should get together. And I think I suggested that last year, but uh, I I don't think I know anyone that knows more information about 9-11 than Adam Fitzgerald. Adam, say what's up to the people, man. Welcome to the Don Jeffrey Show. I protest.
0: What is that?
6: Oh, you're
1: awful. I can't hear you.
6: I
0: can't hear you at all. (laughs) Yeah, you're a big echo. We can't hear you. Right. Sorry, pal. I'm at work.
6: So uh, real quick, that's why I wanted to jump on just for real quick. I think you're giving me too much credit. Um, just somebody it's the
1: truth buddy I, I've been around it. man it's the truth but go ahead
6: no but um, I think you're giving me too much credit I'm just somebody who reads a lot that's all
1: <laughs> so, so tell us what, what did you want to say I know you got to go soon so what did you want to say
6: no I'm good I, I, I just wanted to come in and just uh, talk about um, uh, what you guys were talking about in regards to uh, hijackers and planes is that people get it mixed up about what happened on 9-11 in regards to planes and, and hijackers. And I think there's a misconception. The misconception is that once you dissociate planes and hijackers, you can't connect to the intelligence services and you can't connect to foreign policy that took advantage of it an event like 9-11. Uh, for example, the Pentagon's the most divisive issue in all of 9-11. It's not, it's not ground zero, it's Pentagon. Right. Actually, this was actually by design. And I think Chris brought up the... Uh, The point that, well, you know, or Don brought up the point that, you know, why don't they just settle it, you know, release the video of of this plane hitting the Pentagon. First of all, you're assuming there is one. But let's just say there is one. Why would they need to do that? Look where you are right now. 22 years after the fact. And we're still we're still having the argument of whether a plane actually hit the Pentagon. That right there just proves to you that the government just says, you know what, let's not release the video. Let them argue over whether a plane hit the Pentagon, even though I I don't need a video to show a plane hit the Pentagon. You know why? Because over 115 people actually saw the plane hit the Pentagon. Now, if you want to say every single one of those people either were mistaken or they're in on it or they're lying or they work for the government, guess what? You have now... The, the, the work to do to prove at least one of those people or half of those people were in on it, and they're all lying. Not, not, not and Well, that. I
5: mentioned Dave McGowan's
0: website. He does some
5: of that. What you're saying right now,
0: so, and, and, and and Adam, there were a hundred. There were at least a hundred people in the Pentagon who heard explosions too. So you know, it's like some witnesses one. are more yeah. credible than others. You know, oh, I mean, it's you pick your witnesses.
6: Okay, those explosions came from the plane heading the Pentagon and. All the jet fuel that No, was this released. is like an hour
5: after the incident.
6: No, there was no explosions. No, there, there's been secondary well, explosions.
5: Hundred I people have, said they I have
6: the clips.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there, there um, were people that came out and said that, Um Adam. There was. There, first
6: of all, we're just, we're just going on, on. On. Are you are you insinuating there were bombs in the
5: building? I believe that. I believe that to take down the. the That's what they thought. Afterwards, right. I believe the, some some assistance, like with the twin towers was used yes
6: okay well then i don't care what belief is i want to know what you know
0: well, well none you, of us know the witnesses had mentioned right we're just we're just going off we of know what report. you know we're just we're just right. analyzing the data and we're picking what seems most credible to us
1: right N- none of us right. none right. of us so know anything
6: you. so what, what let me ask you something don why should i believe anything that you say regarding the gone pentagon when i have over 100 people that stole it that was there
0: you don't have well, to. Yeah, you don't have to believe anything because I, I, I'm just telling you that if and you're you 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 guys are coming up with a theory that they're not showing the plane, although they have video of the plane hitting it, it and are not showing because really they want, which I can certainly believe they want debate to continue. Right, I certainly believe that, but I, I think that that wouldn't stop all debate if they should, because I've said I've never understood the theory. Why would they use a missile instead? So they could have shut me up real early if they had just said that. And, but I still would have looked at all the other stuff and said, look, none of this makes any sense. You know, you all did nothing to react to planes flying around, one of them went to the Pentagon in like an hour and a half, and we've got these trillions of dollars spent on defense, and you all did nothing to defend it. So there would still be lots of things to, to – uh, that, that would have been something. But I understand what you're saying there, but I, I don't understand most else of what you're saying.
6: The truth the, – the, the, point, the point is, is that what Sean was alluding to earlier – is totally forgotten out by the, by the public consensus. And that is the biggest revelation of all of 9-11. It was called the Cannastrial Document. It was released in April of this year and nobody ever covered it. The only people who covered it were Russia Today in the gray zone and NorthJersey.com. And it showed what all of us were suspicious about, was that the CIA and Saudi intelligence were running an illegal operation inside the United States. And wow. who were they running it on? Two of the mm-hmm. hijackers of Flight 77, Khalid al and Al-Hazmi. This was known to the intelligence services for years, but they covered it up, the fact. And if there is no hijackers, a hijacked plane that crashed into the Pentagon, you lose that connection. And that, and that document doesn't exist. And all these people that were working to cover up the fact that these two men inside the United States, protected by foreign intelligence, well, guess what? None of those people exist because those two hijackers don't exist. The Israeli uh, operation that was happening inside the United States in the year 2000-2001, that was covered by the Gerald Shea memo. Well, all those people that were monitoring the hijackers on the East Coast and Southwest All those people don't exist because there's no hijackers. There is no intelligence services monitoring these people. We don't know what they collected because all those Israelis that were working in the Oxford Ring and the movement front companies, well, their information, it went with them because we deported them. That's the first thing we did, same thing for the South. So all the people that may have specifics about 9-11, they're all in on the cover-up. But I, but I think
0: what, you, what, what you're, Adam, what the gist of what you and, and uh, Sean are both saying is it, it tends to put focus, uh, uh, to go away from what most of us believe. I mean, credit to Alex Jones or whatever. I believe this was an inside job. I think most people do too. I think that this government wanted this to happen. Uh, because they got a lot of mileage out of it. I, I I refer to the America we live in now as America 2.0, and I think it was America 2.0 was born on September 11, 2001. They created Homeland Security. They created the Patriot Act. They created free speech zones, crackdowns on civil liberties. None of that would have happened without 9/11. And so when you talk about, especially when you talk about Saudis, I think the Saudis are you know are just complete smokescreen. This was not done by Saudi Arabia. This was this was something. Well, because if, if it had been done by Saudi Arabia and they were actually our enemy, our tri- multi-trillion-dollar military industrial complex would would have sent fighter jets up as they did when golfer Payne Stewart's plane uh, had been, uh, you know, form of, involved in a tragic occurrence a year before, and, and they did yeah. it multiple other times. Saudi Arabia is
5: like Cuba with JFK, in my opinion.
0: Yes,
1: I I think what, what what uh I think we can all agree that. I, I think, and, and Sean and, and uh, Adam, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we can all agree that, that, that we think the CIA and, and elements within the United States had something to do with this, right? So we can agree there, right? And, and I do think that what Adam and, and Sean were talking about in relation to the Pentagon makes a lot of sense as to why they haven't shown the video. Because there's there no, real explanation. There, there's there no real explanation. There's no real explanation as to why they haven't shown the video because that's the simplest thing. And I've been calling for it and Don's called for it. I know Chris has called for it. Show me the freaking video. I'll go away. And and Don means it. I know Don means it. Right? Yeah. I mean well, it. But, but I,
0: th- I think that's the simplest explanation, Billy, in my mind would be they don't show you the video because it's not going to show that plane hitting it. I think, I think so that, most of us would say that's well, what that's certainly the so, simplest so everyone, explanation. Yeah, that's Occam's him. razor right there. No, I, I certainly
1: the simplest explanation if if we choose to take that route. But there's also simpler explanations to to just say that the plane hit the Pentagon rather than a missile. Right. That, that's a simpler explanation. A plane hit. People died. There were hijackers on that plane and they were linked to the CIA and all this other stuff. But instead, they give us the, the missile, right? And the missile hit the Pentagon. Then we have to do the mental gymnastics about of what course. happened to those people. Where did they die? What happened to the hijackers? Where'd they go? what, Where's the link between the hijackers and the CIA that was proven? That's out the window. So I yeah. get on. Yeah, Billy, you're on it.
4: That's yeah, where I'm, I'm coming from. I and get gentlemen, if you'll allow me to out continue, out I'd, I'd like to cover just a few more points to bring it around full yeah, circle. Yeah, real quick, because I still, have some things I want to address from the chat
1: room. So go ahead. Right, right. So Dan, if, whatever you want, go ahead. Yeah, and so basically, I'll
4: try to wrap up quick here. Um, mm-hmm. I know I'm taking some time and also being heretical, so I'm sure I'm enraging the chat. Uh, <laughs> no, yes, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a convinced. Uh,
0: you, it's, it's the, the it's you the they're
4: they're planes they're planes they were hijacked <laughs> by hijackers and yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna touch briefly on Saudi Arabia because really I don't think that's the intriguing part. I'm trying to get to the good part, guys. If they were talking about Saudi Arabians, well, look. Why didn't they just make them Iraqi? Hello? If there's something suspicious about these hijackers, look, they should have just made them Iraqi. And it, like, if you're going to plant a passport, why don't you just make him an Iraqi instead of making him a Saudi? Because that makes it way more complicated to sort out. It doesn't look good. Saudi Arabia is like, what? It, you, you don't put blame on them. Not on purpose, because that just doesn't make things good for you. Currently, we're pressuring Saudi Arabia, you know, because of the oil market and stuff. It's probably why the Canestero document, Encore, got released. So, The passport, by the way, was not Muhammad Atta's passport. This is something I forgot to correct earlier. It was actually Sastam al passport that was found in the rubble. A lot of people get that confused. Uh, Atta's identification was found in his luggage that he left behind. Um, That's suspicious, too. (laughs) That's suspicious, too. Hey, hey, that's that's (laughs) talking about, hey, who planted what? Who wants you to look in what direction? Right. But at the end of the day, these guys were Saudis and they were not Iraqis. They should have just made them Iraqi. But. What I was getting at just before Adam came on and started stealing my thunder, just like Chris did earlier, <laughs> is, uh, well, does anybody know something interesting about the official hijacker pilot of Flight 93?
1: No, nah, man. Tell us, man. What's up? Yeah, something us.
4: should come to mind right away. It should come to mind right away. And this is why I'm talking about misdirection and how- to Mossad, right? It, oh, Chris gets it. So- As long as we're talking about how there was something suspicious about the airplanes, we're not talking about the airports, we're not talking about the hijackers. It seems kind of weird that if you're gonna have a fake hijacker, or a fake hijacking, or some kind of hoaxed airplane event, why are you making it Ziad Jara? That's a really weird thing to draw attention to. And nobody talks about Ziad Jara because all they talk about is how the let's roll story is wrong, and how there was no plane in the hole at Shanksville. Those are the popular memes. I think it should be a way more popular meme to talk about the fact that Ziad Jara comes from a family of Mossad spies going back decades in Lebanon. Damn. Hey, by the way, Lebanon, that's where Thierry Maison wants to retire. He feels more connected to Lebanon than he does his homeland of France. And he's the guy that told you that no plane hit the Pentagon in the first place before it was amplified by Jonestown. So, Zia Jara is supposed to be the official hijacker pilot of Flight 93, but wasn't witnessed on the plane. None of the phone calls, which there were like six, I think, phone calls from that flight talking about what the hijackers looked like.
0: Right.
4: I think one of them said they looked Iranian. That's kind of interesting. Uh but, but, but this is
0: – I'm sorry, but this is where you get – that's why I want to I, – I don't want to get lost in this because I understand what you're saying. And, and you have a valid point about uh, wanting to get us confused and, you know, argue over things and everything. But there's so many things in this thing. For instance, the phone calls Steve Cameron brought up earlier. I talked about this in Hidden History. Those phone calls were impossible that they claim they made all of them from uh, – what's her, what's her name? The, uh, the mm-hmm. woman that they claim was part of the Clinton – they've just written a book on Hillary Clinton, the woman with the talking head that was – what's her name, uh, Chris? It was married to Barbara uh, Olson and Ted. Barbara Olson was married to Ted Olson. All these kind of historic, I mean, that, that could obviously was part of the PSYOP. I think, I don't know why they were doing that, but those phone calls were impossible. We know in somebody, I wanted to, Karen Carpenter asked about the jumpers earlier and I go down these rabbit holes. I want to see what your guys thoughts on this. Uh, you know, I, I was, I, I talk about in the next book. First of all, I found the official NIST report on, on this about the jumpers and uh, they claimed that the first person jumped four minutes after the first plane struck the North tower. Now I'm sorry, that's absolutely impossible. How would you become suicidal in four minutes? You had no idea that this ridiculous thing was going to happen where supposedly the entire building was going to collapse. People were, according to the uh, the Naudet brothers, and Chris knows all about them, they're very dubious on their, <laughs> everything yeah. about the Naudet brothers are very dubious, but uh, they claimed that the bodies were falling, people were jumping on the, at the rate of every 40 to 50 seconds. Okay. So Don, just ridiculous. to your point,
4: Don, um, yeah. it, th- there's, there's a big dispute about whether the phone calls were possible or not. Um, yes. Uh, Look, I get it why you think it's the phone calls are not possible. But let's just, you know, we're just playing around with like a push and pull here. Well, the phone calls don't go along with the official story. So unless there's some kind of double bluff going on in this PSYOP, it's kind of peculiar that the phone calls contradict the official story, like the phone calls from Flight 93, which all of them that talk about the hijackers specifically and are describing short... They're describing short, dark-skinned males, but there are only three of them, and there's supposed to be four hijackers on that plane. All yeah. of them are telling you that there's three hijackers, so the phone calls don't match the official story. Just to, to uh, as a uh, as a little piece that we can tack onto that. Well, the they key also point
5: reported that firearms were on the flight too. In there could have been a
4: bomb. There could have been a, a gun. There, there were probably long knives. And all of that has to do with the airports, which we don't discuss the airport infiltration. And what, sort of, what sort of network could have been capable of infiltrating these airports? Because the airplanes don't exist or the hijacking doesn't happen. Everybody's thinking about how none of that conventional, historically demonstrable terrorism exists. And they're definitely not going to dig through the 1980s. And well, look at pretext let, me you, let me ask
0: you real quick because again, I, I, I you've had lots of chance to talk, but I, the uh, flight 93. What do you say about people, including the mayor, reputable witnesses who say flight 93 landed at Cleveland Airport? Oh yeah, that's weird as fuck. I mean, I mean, again, how how do you make a mistake like that? The, those are the kind of anomalies. That's why people come up with theories that everything's fake because none kidding. of I talked about the jumpers. You're not going to start jumping four minutes after a plane hits. That's ridiculous. That's this not because a of the fire. That's the, in four minutes, that's the NIST report. Could have been. And, and, and again, Jack White and people showed how many of those people, there was no imminent danger. There weren't even flames visible in a lot of those places. And it, it's, it, but there's any, a woman. But, there's a woman standing in the impact hole. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, they, there's so many questions like that. And that's why people, the Naudette brothers, we talked about, they were there filming and they were working on a film. One of the guys they were working with was a firefighter slash actor. This is not a theory. And they were supposedly going behind the scenes of the firefighter training or something. He happened to pan up just in time to catch that. He didn't see that. He just happened to pan up at the building the instant. So he's got the only view of the first plane hitting the tower. And his reaction. Is well, they there. heard
4: the plane going overhead.
0: Well, it was just, again, this is very, You read what I wrote about it in there. But there, I mean, this is also the guy that they, they talked about the people burning, burning in the lobby. 80 floors below. How are they? How are they possibly affected? Oh, it yeah, was yeah. a magical jet Chris. fuel cocktail that had already come oh, right. down the others. Yes.
1: Oh, Chris, yes. what's on. the name of, of the Honduran cat? I forget his name that he was in, in the basement. You're talking and about, about
5: William Oh, Williams. Rodriguez.
1: Rodriguez. No, no Rodriguez. The Will, Rodriguez. The William no, I mean, Rodriguez.
5: Felipe there was David. Another guy. Felipe right. David.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. and, and he was burnt to a crisp. His
5: skin was falling yeah. off. And and
1: and he. Yes. I, I am. My mother's from Honduras. We're from the Bronx. Um, and um, there's connections we all we're all connected in some way, shape, or form. That the community, and um, it came from someone that knows him that they because I asked to speak, yeah. Because when, when, I, when I was like, I know you know him, I want to speak to him. And he she was won't, like, Why well, he won't talk, me. right, Billy? No, he won't talk. Yeah. No, Rod no, Rodriguez they, won't either. I try, I tried to get like,
0: Rodriguez on the show, and he I don't they, do interviews anymore. So
1: they gave him, they <laughs> gave him money. Yeah. They gave him money. He got millions of dollars, and him. he will not say a word about anything. Same April, they, Gallop, April we Gallup. Get hold of, yeah. April, we
0: couldn't get a hold of. April couldn't get a hold of April Gallup. All kinds. Sue she was Dick suing Cheney. Cheney. <laughs> Sue yeah. Cheney thrown out for frivolous. Walks out nothing. the whole of the Pentagon. What? what she, she won't talk now. Again, she described yeah. things that would contradict everything you guys are saying about the Pentagon. She was working there, and she made a big deal out of it. And for a while, she was very visible. But these people disappear and they don't talk to you. I guess maybe. She doesn't want to be thrown in jail. They already threatened her. Like Mike Ballone,
5: lost. Mike Ballone, the witness to the black boxes too. They were recovered in Ground Zero.
1: I think that that Adam and Sean are onto something. I think that I think they're really onto something. I, and and uh, what I like, see, because Adam and Sean know more about the details of 9-11 than I do by far. Uh, Chris Graves also though. He's 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 on it. He, he's by far like the, the, the minute details, you know, I, I am big picture. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think that we should not look away because of what we've learned from the alternative media for the past 20 some odd years. It's been programmed sure. into our heads to, to just look at it one way, you know, and I think we should integrate what makes sense. If it makes sense, it makes sense. Right. And and uh, and I think that's the way we get to the truth. I, I don't know. That's that's well, my and, and,
0: and I, I certainly I, I don't I, I, you know, I, I have I'm a free speech purist. If you know anything right. about me, I'm a civil libertarian. So I would defend to your dying day. You guys right to say it. I'm, I'm not going to call, you know, uh, argue with you over anything. I'm just, I'm just trying to present what I know. And mm-hmm. I, I've studied this for a long time as well. But uh, certainly you have. And, you know, you do have a point about them wanting to get us confused and wanting to get us to, you know, misdirect us and get us in the wrong direction. Certainly I have no doubt that the CIA <laughs> would be involved in something like this, but there's so many elements to this and you, you should, you know, read what I've written. And a lot of it, Chris has helped me research it. And, uh, there are just so many elements to this the mysterious deaths. You know, the guy, Dylan Avery, who also, di- I can't get, you talked about loose change, Dylan Avery doesn't answer me, even though I'm friends with his mother. <laughs> I'm trying true. to get him back on the show. And, uh, I would love to, but he, you know, he hired a Barry Jennings, just one of the mysterious deaths. Yes. Ago, the guy who reported hearing explosions in Building Seven. This guy, his whole family disappeared yep. after he died, and uh, Barry, uh, Dylan Avery paid for a private eye to try to track them down. And the private eye came back to him <laughs> a couple of days later and say, "I'm resigning. Never call me again." Damn. Now you explain that. I mean, these <laughs> are the gonna, kind of things. you going to
5: refer this to law know. enforcement.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so there's so many things like that, that. we. So I understand what you're saying in terms of big picture. But when you see these kinds of things, I mean, you can even go to things where white people believe the things. One of the witnesses they happened to go to uh, on the street and in New York City after that was, uh, what was her name, Chris? Rachel, uh, she ended up being one of Tiger Woods' most high-profile oh, yeah, she was notices. like a reality TV star like 20 years I mean, later. I mean, you know, what are the odds of that? It's it's like if you saw the tape that came out from Al Sharpton's show. Did you see that, Billy Ray? Where both a young Vivek Ramaswamy and a young Pete Buttigieg happened to be two of the people they called on in the audience. No, that's absolutely. why people, yes, that's why people go down these rabbits. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, but that's why we're skeptical about all this stuff. There's weird stuff. Weird stuff. That's all.
6: Oh, I'm not
5: discounting what, uh, by the way, what Adam was saying. I'm not discounting what anyone else was saying. I never, yeah. I never made the claim that it was a missile. I don't know what hit that building. We all know. I yeah. have a, I have a feeling, and maybe it'll be thrown in my face that I'm not an engineer and all this, but I have a feeling that wasn't a seven fifty seven, just based on these unofficially uh, uh, rele- leaked by the Pentagon, by the way, in March two thousand two these still still photos from uh the parking lot uh, stop action photo uh whatever it just looks weird it and to question weird is i mean maybe there's nothing there but i'm not i'm not gonna stop questioning it you know i'm just well you it. always
4: just have to go back to why did we start to think that way in the first place it's thierry mason i know he, he showed you he the ha- wrong hole yeah. That's him, that's, bottom him, line is, why did we get on that track in the first
5: well, was, place? Well, it was a combination between his book, which became a bestseller over here, apparently after that, but also Hunt the Boeing, that website. Hunt the Boeing was the other one about, like, oh, is the hole big enough or not big enough? I remember that was a really big, popular website at the time that was
4: pushing uh, his uh, his book basically at the same time. But, was, Chris, I'm glad you money brought money. up the stop motion because. uh, I'm convinced that the simplest next, uh, we love Occam's Razor, right? We apply it when possible. Well, it Cam- gets... Camera weaponized. frame rate. Camera yeah. frame rate. I don't think that that camera had a fast enough frame rate to capture a fast moving object like a plane. Okay. It's, fair it's designed en- fair enough. to capture a car or a pedestrian.
5: That's fine. Fair enough. But 83 videos under freedom of information requests by flight77.net uh, back in 2005... They were documenting all these uh freedom of FOIA requests, right? And eventually it led to the Double Tree Hotel and the Sicko gas station videos, which didn't really show us anything, um, in the background. I mean, and they may
4: not because not, none of these cameras are positioned to be capturing an airplane coming, no, out but of man, the sky
5: come on, 83, 83 can't do it. It's one of the most surveilled buildings in the world. Give us yeah, one, man. That's give the us thing. one video, no,
1: but, but that's the thing, right? And, and I agree with. Don and, and, and Chris on this 100%. Right? They should show us something. They should. And it'll, it'll go away. But I also agree with Sean that they're not showing it to us because they want us to keep arguing about this book. Well,
0: and it could be why the, the thing they released in 2000, whenever it was, uh, 10 years ago, whenever thing that thing, the ridiculous video where they, the media claimed all that it's settled now. It's all you saw, fireball.
5: Nothing. You didn't settled.
0: see anything but the fireball. Yeah. But they they acted like, and again, they're telling you you're seeing a plane. You weren't, you couldn't tell what it was. One of the
5: most yeah. surveilled buildings, like yeah. in the world,
4: unless you're comparing yeah. it to a Las Vegas casino. But Don, to your point about seeing, well, yeah, plane. it is actually, you know, the Vegas shooting.
5: Show us that footage. There's too. a.
4: Oh, let's not open a can of worms, Chris. No, but I, it.
5: <laughs> I peeled it open. Uh, so, debate, uh, debate, seeing debate. the Pentagon <laughs> plane
4: is the name of a video that Ken Jenkins has on his YouTube. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Ken Jenkins, check him out. He's a 9-11 researcher. Wasn't
0: he the Je- I thought he was a Jeopard- wasn't he the Jeopardy champion or something. And Ken Ken Jenkins? watch,
4: Watch, <laughs> seeing the Pentagon plane. It's on YouTube, on Ken Jenkins' site. Okay. Uh, seeing the Pentagon plane, which has to do with, like, evaluating what sort of distortions could have been involved with a camera lens, uh, it's, et cetera. He's convinced that, and I believe David Chandler agrees with this, he's convinced that, yes, it actually is capturing a plane, but it's, yeah. it's all distorted and it's not capturing it at a good speed. Show us all the videos. So, right. And and why would they hold it back? Because as soon as you get over that hump, you start to ask questions about Midar and Hosmi, and they've already got their feet to the flame on Midar and Hazmi. But gentlemen, I don't want to take all of the air out of the room, but I did want to just wrap up with a couple of things because I was getting to Shanksville. And where yeah. that is, is we've talked all about missile theories and we didn't even really get into the details of controlled demolition. I'd love to talk about urban movie systems. I think what we're going to
1: have to do, just in the interest of time, um, and and I'd love to host. All right, just just all you guys. Don, if you want to come back on, that'd be dope too. Guys Don and Billy gonna, Ray,
5: can I, can I say one thing before you, the show you, ends?
1: We're not going to end right now. Don, Don's, Don's going to end the show. I'm just saying, like, we've got to wrap the whole um, discussion about it. I like, know, but like, i got
5: something really important.
1: You can, to you though. can, absolutely. Okay, I'm just saying, right. you just join, join me on the Fringe, and we can continue this. And uh, I think there's something to be said here down the middle, and we can do it in a way where everybody gets it. Where everybody understands, I think. I, 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 I'm being cautiously optimistic, but I think we can do that. Go ahead, Chris. What's up?
5: No, I'm just going to say, anyone that wants to find some real juicy uh, stuff on Flight 93, look up the connection with Larry Ellison and the company Oracle. And the let's roll, the let's roll story with Lisa Beamer and Lisa Beamer. Beamer. Yeah, there's a (laughs) lot there with Larry Ellison and Flight 93. And he had the official story days before uh, Todd's widow, Lisa ended up getting it. So you want to look into that, that's some some weird stuff there too.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll have all that in, in my book. And again, a lot of the thanks to Chris and uh, Steve Cameron, I think was, because was we don't know what happened at, at, at Pennsylvania, but uh, the go- there are lots of people that claim that uh, they saw something there. They think the government shot down the plane. Lots of people think there wasn't any plane there. There was no debris field. Uh, the official version later became that the plane went, so maybe that's what uh, Sean was talking about. Uh, was nosedived in so that the wreckage was so far deep down that people didn't see it. So they're all kind. Of, and then, of course, you had the guy And then they put
5: Miller. it in Iron Mountain under lock and key. Yes. So. Yeah. And
0: you have Wallace Miller, the guy who's telling 100 different stories, he yells at my friend DB Kidd when she asked him why he didn't file in report. He filed no reports on it all. He's a county coroner. But he one of his ridiculous uh, reports was that he saw he, he spotted his, his eyesight was so great. He spot a, a single tooth from a victim in a tree because the sunlight was hitting the silver filling. And then we're supposed to believe this. I'm sorry, go ahead. But that, that, that's the context of flight 93 for me at least.
4: Well, if I need to wrap immediately guys, just in the interest of the show's time run here up, I would just say, why is it everybody knows about let's roll? And Chris was the only one here who knew about Zia Jara. Why is that not common knowledge? So that's about distraction. Obfuscation and misdirection. So I'll I'll have to wrap it there, but we'll be able to continue another time.
0: No, and I, pre- I appreciate you, you you know presenting a, another perspective. But I, I would ask both you and Adam uh, just uh, regardless of everything else, what what do you think? It's, after all this, okay, w- w- however you analyze the evidence, what 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 hit the Pentagon or anything else, know. what happened in Flight ninety three? Why do you think do you th- do you think nine eleven was pre planned? Uh, did the government did our government, including George W. Bush, who lied and claimed he saw the uh, you know, the first plane at the building as he, as he was reading the school children and had almost no reaction when the guy whispered to him, America's under attack, all this kind of stuff. Uh, do you believe that you know, Cheney from his do you believe the government knew this was going to happen? They wanted it to happen for a reason because they wanted to, inst- they wanted to ramp up uh, you know the crackdown on civil liberties, which is what they did to ramp up the war on terrorism. What, what do you think was the reason for 9-11? What was the purpose? And, uh, you know, who, who, was, who knew or was involved or whatever?
4: Don, let me take a crack at this real quick. I know I've hogged a lot of air. The other guys can say <laughs> their piece. I'll try to answer this in like a minute or less. Uh, Chris brought up something really important, which I intended to bring up if I could go longer, which was, hey, look, why is George Bush reacting that way? Look, everybody knows about the My Pet Goat story. Chris is the only one who knows that there had been an attempt on George W's life that morning, just hours previously on the day of nine 11 camera crew of Arabs. They're trying to get close to the president. It looks exactly like the way Ahmed Shah Massoud had been assassinated over in the middle East, just like the day before two days prior. You're right, sir. And, and so like, is George Bush, like all of a sudden kind of foggy that morning? Yeah, he might be because he might've just realized, He almost died already, but if we're talking about what do we think happened, hey, man, I'm I'm open to, I'm all ears. We can talk about what what happened, but I have made more progress in evaluating hijackers and evaluating things that I can't play with anymore. You got to throw a bunch of stuff out. There has to be red herrings involved because the intelligence agencies have got to be better than we're giving them credit for. They're trying to muddy the water.
1: Not trying. Best not trying, not trying, not trying. They have. I'm <laughs> sure of
4: it. They have to have because that's the best way to deal with the Internet. Look, we have all the information in front of us. They can't keep you from getting information, but they can overload you with junk data.
1: They absolutely. And, and, and that stretches over to everything going on right now. And that's why I question everything I've learned before because of what's going on right now. So it's, it's not above. I mean, we, we give them so much credit, yet we give, this, give them such little credit at the same time. You know, if, if they're capable of running these mind operations on the people, how long have they been running them? And why are we above it? Why do we think we're above it? You know, why do we think we have everything figured out? You know, because they lay out the breadcrumbs and we follow them. And we've Amen, been doing Billy. it for so freaking long.
0: Anyway, go ahead. No, and I, I'm sorry we missed. I guess Adam left. I I didn't do. Adam is he, good. Adam had to go back to he, work. He didn't, he didn't get a chance to say too much. But again, you know, it's it's. Uh, you have your theories. Everybody has their. You know, everybody. And again, that's what, <laughs> that's why I've been in the JFK assassination world for a long time. That was my, you know, that's my wheelhouse issue still. And you, the reason you have so much speculation over there is because the crime was never investigated. It's mm-hmm. never honestly investigated. So people are going to speculate. That's all we can do. I mean, we're, we're sitting here. We don't have subpoena power. We don't have, we're not a national media organization where we have the power to flex our muscles. All we can do is, is spec. I don't speculate though. I'm just telling you, I'm analyzing the data uh, and what makes sense to me. And I just know we've being lied to. And it's, it's I think it's you know, reasonable to, uh, to assume, you know, to speculate as to why we were being lied. Um Steve Cameron says if Bush was in some trouble, they would valued him from that school. Instead, they waited over an hour with several airports surrounding that school. Bush was in those. That's the thing. They took a long while to I mean, there's so much to question about Bush and everything else. And of course, his his W personality lends itself to that because he didn't he always seemed clueless. And, and people always kind of assumed that Dick Cheney was the one that was in charge, really, as to the degree that uh, anybody was in charge. But I think well, however you look at it, there were lots and uh, tons and tons of uh Questions about 9-11, I think we can all agree on that That the 9-11 commission report. And, it might, you know, I talked to Scott Forbes, who worked in the uh, the uh, Twin Towers, and uh, I, I wrote about it in, uh, in Hidden History. And, and this guy was still in fear. He's still Years scared. later, he'd, he'd moved yeah. to England, and uh, he wasn't there that day. And then he tried to warn the New York Port Authority. He tried to warn the FBI. He tried to warn the, the NYPD. He tried to warn the uh, 9-11 commission. They didn't want to hear from him. Said, so, you know, my whole outfit can tell you about the strange things we saw, you know, in our area that we had never seen in all the years we'd been there mysterious power outages, security cameras suddenly not working, all kinds of weird construction, and nobody giving us an explanation what was going on. He thought that was, uh, you know, he naively assumed that the government wanted that. No, they didn't want that. In fact, and they wrote in their 9 11 report, same kind of thing they did in the Warren Commission report that this is a guy who was there. He's no conspiracy theorist. He worked in the building. He's trying to help his country out, be a patriot. No, there were there was no evidence that there were mysterious power outages or anything like this. Stuff that they knew firsthand. So those are the kind of things. That's why I believe in a giant conspiracy because of those kinds of things. Because it, it, there's a shred of honesty in the people on the 9-11 Commission. And we know the people that were on there, Cow and all these people. that were. Hell, they wanted Henry Kissinger originally to be the head of it. So you know what they were going for. So if there was a shred of honesty there, they wouldn't have said that. They would say, we got a witness here, Scott Forbes, who worked in there. He firsthand, his firsthand experience, he saw a lot of shenanigans going on. And then you investigate that, don't you? No, you don't. Instead, the only people that are investigating things are like BB Kidd, my friend, who went out and tried to ask uh, Wallace Miller, why didn't you file any reports? And she gets yelled at and called names. That's what. So that's why you know that I feel the way I do about it. I think that this is a, this is always a, a huge thing. I think that the the people that run us are are like organized crime. That's what they do. They're 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 gangsters in my book. But I we we need we only have a couple minutes. So I want to give uh, Sean uh you know go a, a, you know a minute to sum up anything you want to say, anything you want to promote, any links you want to give out.
4: Oh, thanks, uh, Don. Thanks, uh, Billy, for inviting me, and uh, thanks for talking. It's good talking to you, Chris. Thanks, everyone, for having me. Um, I'm Sean Russell. Uh, I have a podcast with Darren Harvey, my co-researcher and associate. We have a show called Beyond Ground Zero. I host it currently on my Odyssey page. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under my name, Sean Russell. I'm on Twitter, SK Russell, AK. I'm also on VK, and uh, you can find me on Facebook if you're uh, really, really basic and boring. Uh, I appreciate the chance to talk and, uh, you know, it's 9-11 season, so it's great to kick around ideas and I hope I stirred things up just a little bit to try to give some people some <laughs> new perspectives and some new angles to approach this from because we've been stuck in the same loop for 20 years.
0: You appreciate did. You. It's it's always great to have, to have to be challenged and to raise points. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, anything you would sum up or anything you want to give out?
5: Yeah, I I used to have a show called Get Mad with Chris Graves. All those episodes have been deleted and not by my own choice. Uh, Right now, the only shows I'm doing right now is with a very good friend of mine, Mr. Tom Cooper, called Conspiring with Mr. Cooper. And I think tomorrow night I'm going to get out some of the old files on stuff that maybe I didn't even send to Donald about 9-11. And uh, a lot of anomalies and things like that that I I want to pick uh, Tom's brain with just to go through just to see just to show different things I found over the years that I don't think I've shown anybody. So that'll be tomorrow night at 8 and uh be cool if Billy Ray and uh Don I don't know what time the uh what time Free World in person ends or not but if if you're around you're more than welcome to join
1: uh in that after process. after Free World in in person is over I'm gonna go have dinner with the board with Mr. Don Jeffries. I'm gonna buy a steak. <laughs> okay. I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm <laughs> just uh,
5: extending the invite just in case, just co- yeah. cover all bases. But uh, yeah, that'll be the discussion I have with uh, Mr. Cooper tomorrow night. And uh, Parachute or with Tony Tony Arterburn and Mr. Anderson, we're uh, we're gonna we have another juicy one coming up for next week that we're planning right now. And Ooh. that's about all I got. Mr. Peter Seacosh and I will probably get back together and start doing some more, uh, don't take our word for it, which is, a, uh, which is actually a uh, play on what Bill Cooper used to say, you know, don't, don't take my word for it. Do the research yourself, you know, and Mr. Bill Cooper, let's remember he, uh, he was on the ball when it came to, uh, September 11th, uh, a few months prior to not so much Alex Jones. I mean, he, you know, he, met, he has a famous video on YouTube about how he predicted nine 11 too, but pretty much Bill Cooper was about a, a month prior to him and just Bill was on the ball with a lot of this stuff uh just looking at the trends and what was going on in the news with uh Osama bin Laden and, and things like that and now I'm now I got verbal diarrhea but yeah you can find me <laughs> you can find yeah. find me at Sea uh, Graves Mask guy uh, on Twitter and uh, I'm honored to be on the show uh, with you guys. And thanks for having
0: me. Hall of Fame researcher, Chris Graves. I appreciate all you do for it. So Billy, give out some more details again about the event tomorrow. We'll look forward to it. Free World NYC. It's absolutely free.
1: Go on, on uh, eventbrite.com. You, the address is there. Um, there's posters uh, out on the internet that they're going to tell you to go on, to eventbrite.com. So go to eventbrite.com. And put in a free world, NYC. All the details are there. You can RSVP if you wish, but you don't have to. Just pull up, come to the show, and uh, and uh, we'll hang out. We can talk about these issues, and uh, you know, see what happens, see what develops, see what what progress we can make. Uh, the the whole The whole deal is keeping the memory of this thing alive, in in a way where we can still have a productive debate and possibly hold people accountable for something um that would be nice you know um but uh also the launch of freeworld.fm. hey chris when we get off the air please call me asap um and uh sean we will be in touch i think you did a fucking fantastic job don't know if i agree with everything but i still think you did a fantastic job i love i love the counter narrative and i love your approach because it was very respectful very fantastic I, I i love that anyway great job uh, don thank you for having me see you
0: tomorrow Thank you, Brett. Yep. See you tomorrow. Look forward to meeting you. So thanks everybody for listening to night protest. If you can uh, tune in, hopefully there'll be a live stream tomorrow. If not, I'm sure we'll have something recorded. You can watch it uh, afterwards, but, uh, so thanks. So thanks everybody. Thanks to the guests. And uh, thanks everybody for listening to night protest.
1: Boom. Hold on.